Will we see a Javante Williams spike tonight? Who will be the first team to double up on tight ends? And how will the 2023 FFPC pros versus Joes end up? Follow along with the live draft board tonight to watch our pick-by-pick -pick analysis as we call the action from the 2023 FFPC pros versus Joes small Heath number six draft to see who's going to be winning a 2024 FFPC main event squad. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. Dave Terpoli is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour officially starts now. I've seen Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-hosts tonight are the definitive commissioner of fantasy football and, of course, the well-spoken and well-experienced Dave Tripoli. Tonight we have the final of six special episodes for you this year. It's the 2023 FFPC Pros versus Joe Small Heath number 6 draft tonight. We're going to be covering it. For its entire duration, shout out to the chat room right now. Post your questions you might have in there. Kevin Williamson already chiming in on the YouTube chat. Yes, the beard will be gone shortly. Enjoy it while you can because it won't be here much longer. Uh, connect with us on Twitter. The show is at HSFFOR. I'm at Eric Balkman. Farrell's at J. Farrell Elliott. Dave is at Dave Turp. Check out the KFFSC at KFFSC.com. Just joined a slow main event draft there. Loving it. Love how my start's going there. We'll see what happens going forward. Check out all of the drafts going on there, including the main event, which starts live drafts on August 6th. Uh, post on our Facebook page at uh, uh, Facebook.com slash HSFFR. Email the show at the inbox. High stakes fantasy football at gmail.com. If you have any questions throughout us throughout the broadcast, email them in, send them in, tweet us to them, uh, or tweet us uh, them, whatever you want to do. We'll try to get them uh, going throughout. Honestly, your best bet is through the YouTube and Facebook chat tonight. Uh, and uh, our, our producer, mutual friend Rob, and our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, are monitoring those as well. The FFPC main event live drafts start this Friday, August 4th. Uh, slow drafts going on right now. Win a million bucks in the FFPC main event this year, as well as the Fantasy Pros Championship. You win a million dollars there and just $350 to enter in that contest, including a $50 discount when you enter in three teams. Every third team uh, you enter will get that $50 discount. MyFFPC.com is where to go for that. Let's bring in tonight's guest, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott, and of course, the well-experienced and well-spoken Dave Tripoli. Gentlemen, welcome in. Farrell, how are we doing tonight? Oh, man, I got to tell you something. I got a friend doesn't play fantasy football. He's been trying to get me to go get uh, a couple of nightcaps with him. He's a college professor. And he's getting ready for his big stuff. And he's, he said, you know, what in the world? He said this to himself. What in the world could these guys be doing talking fantasy football? And so he listened to the show for the first time last night, you know, because we're going two hours. And so. mm -hmm. and and he had nothing but high praise for all of us, and especially Turk. 
And, uh, you know, Terp, you are loved here in Louisville, is all I can say. And you need to break away from the comfortable grounds of your palatial estate home there in Pennsylvania. Come down and be with us. Come down and spend some time with Bob. We're still at 5%. This is a deal. <laughs> but, you know, I've got some guys down here talking about what they could do with that 5%. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm knocking that talk down because I'm telling people, that just like my friend Doc Hoffman, that, that, that you know, to get to know Terp is to get to love Terp. So people want to get to know you, August 25th through 27th chance. Your chance, Terp, to be a big-time Kentuckian that weekend. 5%. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he just, you know, these 5% will expire, and again, he'll lose one of life's greatest pleasures. Balky, what are we going to do about it? Is well, I... I think we're gonna what we're gonna have to do is we're gonna have to huddle around a bottle of Woodford Reserve and have a Dave Tripoli cry party. If he doesn't show up, we will sip our bourbon, we will enjoy life and weep that we could not enjoy. We might have got the ten percent if I can join that party. We're in, Turf. This is gonna happen. It's going to happen if you if you show up in Louisville. There will be one of these years. I'm just gonna roll up there and just literally surprise you, not tell you I'm coming, be incognito, and just show up and. Turf, uh, we have ways of following your movements. There's no incognito for you. You never know. Guys, we we are underway here. I want to get through the first round tonight, introduce tonight's drafters. The six FFPC Joes and the six uh, six fantasy football pros are gunning for a 2024 main event. Only first place gets paid out in this. And if you do win it, you will get a free entry into the FFPC main event next year, a contest that will pay out a $1 million grand prize. Drafting first tonight from Bleacher Report is Gary Davenport. Uh, He takes uh, Justin Jefferson tonight. Jamar Chase off the board after that. Jamar Chase uh, to Peter Puzo, the uh, FFPC Joe at the two spot. Travis Kelsey off the board to FantasyMojo.com. Darren Armani, and by the way, I'll just cite this right now. Anytime we bring up FFPC data or stacks or anything like that, that is all courtesy of FantasyMojo.com, a website that if you do not subscribe to yet and you are an FFPC player, you need to be subscribing to it. Darren Armani, the godfather of the FFPC Pros versus Joes Challenge. Make sure you're signing up at FantasyMojo.com. The number four spot tonight is John Friedman. He takes Christian McCaffrey. Tyreek Hill goes off the board to Mike Shope and Adam Krautwurst from the deep end fantasy football. Those pros taking Hill there. Bijan Robinson uh, off the board to Vince Staffolino, longtime FFPC and KFFSC player at the sixth spot tonight. He gets Staffolino. Guru Elites Jeff Manns takes uh, Stefan Diggs after that. And then Cooper Cup falls all the way to FFPC, the, the first ever FFPC main event winner, Chad Schroeder. Uh, he gets Cooper Cup at the eighth spot tonight, followed by Austin Eckler to Michael Nazarick from FF Mastermind, a guy who we'll have on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour in a couple of weeks here. Shelly Fossum, uh, the Joe in the 10 spot tonight, takes CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith actually finish off the round. Jason Petropoulos from BrotoFantasy.com ends up taking A.J. Brown, and then Devontae Smith, his real-life teammate, to Peter St. Pierre, a noted uh, expert, FFPC best ball player, drafting from the 12 spot tonight. So first thing I want to bring up, Farrell, what do you make of Cooper Cup falling all the way to Chad Schroeder at eight tonight? Chad Schroeder lives a blessed life. That's just all you can say about it. He sure does. You know, he just shows up. And First drink of the year, he said today, and Cooper yeah. Cup falls the eight. Slides into the eighth spot. And then Barkley, based on earlier picks last night, slides to him. 
in the second round. Sorry I teased your second round there, Balky. But, yeah, Chad's off to a great start. Um, Terp, your Eagles here making quite the appearance in the first round. Back-to-back, A.J. Brown to Petropolis, and then St. Pierre ends up taking Devontae Smith. How surprised were you to see that? Very surprised. I mean, mostly Devonta Smith is in a you know middle of the second round, end of the second round player so far in these drafts. It's definitely a, a massive movement to get both of them. It's really, really risky. I, I don't want to say anything bad about it because it's my Eagles, but it's not something I do even in this in this type of league where you gotta it's one or nothing. Um, I right. just feel like there's too many guys you're passing on. It's not the type of league where you want to be too different because there's no real benefit for being too different. It's not like you're playing for an overall prize right. outside of glory. So you're just trying to win the FFPC main event, you know, seat next year. To do that, I feel like you're reaching on two guys that really shouldn't be taken right there. MP60 DC4L. I'm probably citing some sort of weird international code here, but thanks for hanging out in the chat room. Uh, live from Germany, wishing everybody good luck in the FFPC Pros versus Joe's contest. And Farrell Terp loves the draft coverage here that we are doing on the FFPC YouTube channel. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate that all the way from Germany. Um, all right, Terp, I'm going to get into the second round here. Before I get into it, I feel like I should bring up at the 201 tonight, Peter St. Pierre takes Jalen Hurts, which means the 111, the 112, and the 201 were all Philadelphia Eagles. Is this the year? Rock flag eagle. Fly, Eagle, fly. The Eagles, three straight picks in the first 13 picks of this pros versus Joe's trap there. I mean, they're going to win the Super Bowl, if that's what you're asking. I mean, <laughs> NFC is terrible. I'm tired of hearing about Brock Purdy and all those, you know, bozos in San Francisco. You're going to have a long year, Terp, if you're tired of that. <laughs> well, I, well, no, hold on, hold on. Let me stop. Terp, when do the Niners play the Eagles this year? I'll be there. I think it's like week – 11, 12. Oh, I was okay. circled so on my calendar. All right. They're big chirpers. They got a lot of, a lot, you know, big mouth so far. Debo and the boys. We'll see when they come. Uh, you'll like. be showing like up last in year. Kentucky by then, Terp. Week 12, Just like they did last know. year, they're going to get their butts whooped. <laughs> Terp firing shots in San Francisco tonight. It's the last live, show. I mean, we got to leave it out. I know. Yes, tonight. exactly. Yes, you have to do it. I got to uh, pick totally. my winner, too. I already have it. It's already locked up. There's a couple teams okay. here that might be chasing that. All right, so we want to get into that before we sign off tonight. Remind me because I will forget unless you bring it I up. I won't forget. But, okay, perfect. I want to bring that up because Terp called the winner last year, the GOAT district guys, John Daniel, uh, Andrew Schellenberg, Dan Williamson, Theo Greminger. They won this whole thing last year, and Terp said in their draft they were going to win it, and then they ended up doing it. Uh, second round tonight, Tony Pollard, the 202 to Jason Petropoulos from Brodo. I'm on Ross St. Brown joined C.D. Lamb. Uh, on Shelly Fossum's squad at the 10 spot, Garrett Wilson off the board to the FF mastermind, Michael Nazarick, Saquon Barkley to Chad Schroeder, Nick Chubb to Jeff Manns, Jalen Waddle to Vince Staffolino, followed by Devontae Adams to Krautwurst and Shope here at the 208. Derek Henry, the second consecutive running back drafted by the FFPC, Joe John Friedman in the four hole. And here we go, Derek Armani, baby. You got to love it. Kelsey and Mark Andrews is his start. Tight end, tight end. We're going to get into that in a second. Chris Olave off the board to Peter Puzzo uh, at the 211, followed by Jonathan Taylor falling to the 212 tonight to Gary Davenport from BleacherReport.com. Okay, let's talk about it. Um, Farrell, I'm going to throw this to you right away. Um, 
Kelsey and Andrews to Darren Armani in the first two rounds. Again, this is tight end premium. You can start up to three tight ends in the FFPC format. So I understand what, what Darren's doing here. I was, you know, oftentimes I, I think back to the teams that would start off with three straight tight ends. Hasn't worked out here um, to try to win a free main event entry the following year in the pros versus Joes. But Farrell, what do you make of the first two tight ends off the board tonight going to the exact same team? We'll have to ask him if there was a running back or receiver that he would have gone for besides Andrews. But when he did this, uh, if you take a look at the receivers based on what we talked about with Alave last night, uh, what's going on with Cincinnati, you can understand Higgins slide. Keenan Allen keeps moving up the board. So people are more excited about that player than I am. Uh, so I think it makes sense. It uh, and and Darren, they, he comes around and uh, he gets Gibbs, who went much higher last night. Mm-hmm. Where did Gibbs go last night? Oh uh, God, he went like the two hundred four, two hundred five, something yeah, like that. So, and and you know he's watching people take that player as they move up his boards, which he watches and prepares the report on a daily basis. And so we're he's in a situation where he's saying, I've got the two best. Uh, pass catchers at 1.5 points. Now I'll get uh, I'll get the ascending player in Gibbs, and I'm off and running. And it, I think in this format, when there's a lot of very very good receivers, you know, I keep talking about Michael Pittman. I got to focus on the fact that I cannot climb him out of the seventh round. Last year, Terp and I collectively tried to climb Lockett out of the ninth round. In Terp's great explanation and uh, trite but true. Uh, those guys are league winners if they just come and do the same things that they did last year. So uh, there's great receivers available for Darren, and what a wonderful start he's off to here. He is off to an interesting start. Uh, I have to go back to the YouTube chat right now. Uh, Dave, you mentioned this last night um, that that you were you were playing hurt a little bit, and he and Dave Gerzak wants to know as he posts in the YouTube chat. Uh, is the hangover officially gone, Turp? Is it you gone? Plane, you could have landed a plane on my bed last night, and I wasn't waking up. It was <laughs> I was out like a light. I feel I feel back. I'm like 95 percent, feeling a little extra spicy tonight with some of these picks. So I'm ready to go. Turp, let let talk about extra spicy. Jonathan Taylor at the 212 tonight. Would you be hopping all over him at the end of the second round like um, uh, Gary Davenport did? I feel like you got to buy the dip. I mean, it's he's not. He's not getting traded. I mean, they get all these reports are going to come out about these teams. They're going to offer contracts and all that stuff. But who actually has money that right. is going to spend the kind of money that he wants and he supposedly deserves right now with the season a month away? I don't think any teams are going to be lined up, given an asset and a draft pick to do it. He's going to be with the Colts. Maybe it gets ugly and he doesn't play, you know, the first couple games, but he has no leverage, just like we've talked about a hundred times. None of these running backs have any leverage. Josh Jacobs is being renegotiated now. Mm-hmm. You heard that today come out. Let's 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 just stop. Get back in camp. Learn with the rookie. Develop. Anthony Richardson has a bright future. It just seems too. It makes too much sense. Balky <laughs> having computer problems again. Our leader. Oh, hey, Charles, leader. how you doing? It's yeah, just hey, me and you again. You know that's fun. <laughs> I have to I have to post Chad's comment on uh, <laughs> when he was watching the the pros versus Joe's my eyes were uh, closing uh, man I'm not gonna lie <laughs> Farrell said I after was, the broadcast every time you like, said one more guest I'm like all right I can breathe now 
And he kept going, oh, we got one more. And I'm like, I, know. I don't I, remember who it was, but he was rambling. I'm just like, Dude. No, he was very good for people. I'm not saying he wasn't good, but he was right. still rambling. I'm like, I don't remember I don't remember who it was. It was kind of delirious at that time. Like, dude, just put a cork in it. Let's get moving. Let's push yeah. this along. <laughs> it was another guest and then another guest. I'm just I like, know, I know. I, and I always say, like, I sent out the email. I'm like, God, don't wait till the very end. We want to pepper these guests throughout. And then everybody showed up at the end last night. Literally, time. everybody was, at the end. I, I, I don't know. I like, this is a quick show. Right. <laughs> we were done kind of early. I'm like, all right, it's time, time to go to bed. Crowd worst and 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 Mike Show, Staffolino, and a broadcast professional like Jeff Mines and and the, the, the Armani, and I mean this this show could go to three a.m. Turp. Get easily. Hurry up a little. I got a lot more energy tonight on. than I did last night. Good. I'm I'm glad to hear it. Um, we're through we're through the third round, guys. I'll take everybody through it here. DK Metcalf to Gary Davenport at the three hundred one. Patrick Mahomes will not be paired up with Travis Kelsey tonight, as uh, Peter Puzo grabbed him at the three hundred two. Fantasy Mojo's Darren Armani settles for Jameer Gibbs, as Farrell pointed out at the 303 tonight. Keenan Allen, wide receiver 15, first receiver drafted by the FFPC, Joe John Friedman at the 304. Josh Jacobs is the first running back drafted by Chopin Krautwurst from the five-hole. TJ Hawkinson off the board is the number three tight end, the number one tight end drafted by Vince Staffolino. Josh Allen uh, pairing up with Stefan Diggs from Fantasy Gurus, Jeff Manns there. T. Higgins to Chad Schroeder. Ramondre Stevenson to Michael Nazrick to go with Austin Eckler in his backfield there. Brees Hall, the first running back off the board to Shelley Fossum. Calvin Ridley to Jason Petropoulos from BrotoFantasy.com, followed by Najee Harris, the final pick of the third round to Peter St. Pierre. A uh, uh, lot of stuff to unpack here. Let's go to uh, the deep end right now, Josh Jacobs, Farrell at the uh, 305 tonight. Uh, Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams in the first round, and then they get Jacobs, a guy who basically is one of the top, if not the best running back in fantasy last year in the middle of the third round. I know before Barkley signed his contract, you were very skittish about drafting him in, in an FFPC league. What do you make of Josh Jacobs now that he has fallen to the mid-third? Is this still a good value for you here? Terp alluded to it earlier. I thought Jacobs would go before Barkley because I thought the team would move quicker. Now the team's moving at, at a good rate. You're a few days in camp. Now they they want to get the player in and they're trying to do something. Terp has already written this player off no matter what his contractual situation is. Terp said he's not going to deliver like he delivered last year. And he's not a top five back in the league, <laughs> according to Terp. However, he was last year and last year was his best year ever so i think this is a wonderful pick for a player as as turk further points out has no leverage in contractual negotiations but they can put together some incentives and if they put an incentive package together that would suggest additional money um, for similar output from last year it gives the player something to aim for I like Josh Jacobs in this situation in the in the middle of the third round. Last year, after last year's performance, I thought he was an end of the first round, early second round guy. So you know, this is this is crowd worse than the boys, right? They're paying less than it costs, along with uh, what Chad Schroeder is doing. It, the players are falling to him at, at less than they cost, and you know that's a good place to be when you're in a draft. So I'm all for Jacobs. Terp is not Terp. I'm speaking for you because I know you're suffering. As good uh, as Josh Jacobs was last year, nobody saw it coming. But the money I saw it Josh coming. Jacobs won, Josh Jacobs <laughs> won no I, money for anybody at the end. I saw he, it coming. He yeah. got everybody there. That's factual. 
But when it came for the last three weeks of the season, he won nobody any money. Yeah, well, sometimes, Terp, you get there and you have 19 other players. You can imagine, which is just fantastic to imagine what might happen. That's why you draft a full roster. Terp, let me ask you about another running back here, uh, the naked bootlegs. That's Shelly Fossum from the 10-hole tonight. C.D. Lamb and Amon Ross St. Brown are her first two picks, but then she grabs Brees Hall at the 310. And I got to wonder, and this is something I've been wondering myself, where to draft Brees Hall when you consider that it seems like Dalvin Cook, I, I don't necessarily know if it's cash that's separating him from signing with the Jets right now. It might just be training camp and he doesn't want to go through it, which would make sense. Um, but your thoughts on grabbing Brees Hall as early as she did, knowing the kind of perceived uncertainty of the Jets' backfield right now. I feel like now is the time that if you don't think that a lot of people think Dalvin Cook's going to figure out a way to get to Miami. I hope that's not true personally for, you know, a chain reasons and, and Jeff Wilson reasons. But if he goes to the jets, screws up Brees Hall and he's going to fall. Well, he's probably going to move to the fourth, maybe end of fourth by the time, you know, live main events start this weekend. And then as we get to Vegas, if Dalvin Cook's there and he's getting a good, you know, good chunk of change, Brees Hall could fall farther, but if you don't feel that way, Brees Hall is only going to rise up draft boards. If they don't get Dalvin Cook and they don't add one of these dusty veterans that are still out there, I mean, Brees Hall is going to be up there in the Jonathan Taylor, DK Metcalf, end of the first, you know, end of the second round turn by the time we drafted Vegas. So these are the guys you got to buy the dip on. I mean, if, if you're believers in their talent, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, we talked about last night. I feel like in these drafts, you got to take shots on these guys because you're never going to get them any cheaper if if Dalvin Cook doesn't doesn't move, which he left and didn't sign a contract. So I still think he's trying to push Miami. But and, there's and, something and, good about going home, fellas. There's something good about going home. He should just go back to Minnesota. That'd be perfect. <laughs> I, I bring back. this back up on the Goat District, like a few few weeks ago, maybe it was a month ago or so. Noted. Uh, I, I Terp, Austin Martin's a Vikings fan, right? He is. And, and and he said, you know what team could really use a running back like Dalvin Cook? Minnesota <laughs> Vikings. <laughs> it's like the best, the best thing I've heard on any podcast so far this offseason. It was great. It's from spot Austin. on. I mean, yeah. he said it and I just kind of piggybacked off it because it makes so much sense. You mm-hmm. look at all these spots out there, like if you're the if you're the Miami, you're gonna pay Dalvin Cook. I was reading like the contract demands that he has 30 million dollars and 15 or 16 guaranteed for what he has a very, he's had a very solid career, still young, still got some juice in the tank, but running backs aren't getting paid. He's not in the upper, upper echelon anymore. He's not. I, I still think the smartest guy as far as running backs this offseason, as far as getting paid was Aaron Jones when he had this massive, a highest cap number of running back has ever faced in NFL yeah. history. He restructured, took a significant pay cut, but you know what? He's still making five, six million dollars this well. season, and he's not looking for a job. And I think that was very smart by Aaron Jones and his agent. I agree. Let's get through the fourth round, guys. Joe Mixon, the second consecutive running back drafted by Peter St. Pierre. Kyle Pitts off the board at the 402 to Jason Petropoulos from Brodo Fantasy. Lamar Jackson starting at quarterback for Shelly Fossum. George Kittle to Michael Nazarek. Debo Samuel, his real-life teammate, goes to Chad Schroeder as his number three receiver. Miles Sanders at the 406 to Jeff Manns from Fantasy Guru. Uh, Amari Cooper to uh, Vince Tapolino to go with Jalen Waddle on the perimeter there. Christian Watson, the third receiver drafted by the deep end guys. That's Shope and Krautwurst. Uh, Aaron Jones right off the board after that to John Friedman as his third running back in the first four rounds. Jer- 
uh, excuse me, Jerry Judy, the fantasymojo.com. That's Darren Armani's squad. That's his first receiver. He's drafted tonight. Travis Etienne and then Justin Fields complete the fourth round. Etienne uh, off the board to team number two tonight. That is indeed Peter Puzo's team. And then you're looking at uh, Justin Fields going to Gary Davenport as his number one quarterback. Okay, a lot to unpack in this round here. Uh, let's go to um, where do we want to start here? How about Miles Sanders? We got a comment in the YouTube chat right now. Um, about Jeff Mann's getting uh, this is from the Fuffle Master, or as Farrell calls him, Fufle Master. Fufle. This has to be the easiest for Miles Sanders by Jeff Mann's tonight. Miles Sanders at the 406, running back 15. Farrell, is that the spot you want to be a business a business with Miles Sanders? Did Jeff Mann's get a good deal on his second running back here in the fourth round? Do you think he meant earliest instead of easiest? Uh, uh could be the could be the earliest. I'm gonna look up his ADP right now, and and again, we, we always cite um uh fantasy mojo uh for this miles sanders running back 20 at the six oh one and i'll tell you this too like if if you go back and watch the pros versus joes over the years jeff mans is a guy who is always getting his guys he is not afraid yeah. to it, it, grab it, it, guys early and that's what he did tonight fair with miles sanders he does this every day for a living and he really doesn't care what anybody else is doing he's gonna <laughs> yeah. play as he wants and that's the way you should draft and that's the way you'll be very happy with your team and i I have no complaints about Miles Sanders. I I like his landing spot. I think with what's going on down there offensively, they'll have to lean on him, and I think he can answer the bell. So there's no reason that Miles Sanders uh, in front of Madison, in front of uh, some of the guys that went in the later round uh, that we'll get to, uh, he's, a, he's a more impressive player than those guys. I'm all for Miles Sanders. I'm all for Jeff Mance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fufle Master also said tonight, Terp, four and five look like exact uh, opposites tonight, and they're drafting next to each other. That's Vince Staffolino, and then, of course, Adam Krautwurst and Mike Shope at the at – the, or excuse me, that's uh, John Friedman uh, mm -hmm. from the four, and then the five is Mike Shope and Adam Krautwurst tonight. Terp, what do you make of that? Because they literally are opposites. Running back, running back, receiver, running back, running back for Friedman, receiver, receiver, running back, receiver, receiver for the deep end guys. I don't mind either team. In my opinion, though, one's much better than the other, and that's Team 5. Mm -hmm. um, there's actually two teams here that I think could make the, the final cut for the overall winner so far. A lot of things Turf, can which, change. Which, but Which teams are those? So we, we, we I want to be watching. As of, as of right now, it's Team right. 5 and Team 11. Hmm. Okay, so that's Chopin Krautwurst at 5, and then Jason Petropoulos from Brodo Fantasy at 11. We'll get to them in a little bit. But um, it's fantasy guys that we go twenty rounds because I think a lot of things can happen. I like the, I, couple I think if we take a look at something, um, Shelly Fossil was able to wait on quarterback. You might find that odd when I say drafted one in the fourth round, but she's able to wait on quarterback, but get a quarterback that might outscore the first three, and then if you just look at receiver core. Uh, we haven't got to the fifth and sixth round, but I can see it. And I love this group of receivers better than anyone else's receivers in this draft so far. Well, it's very talented. Uh, Lamb, St. Brown, Kirk, and Ayuk there. Let's get through the fifth round. Some tight ends go off the board in this round, guys. Gary Davenport found his starting tight end in Darren Waller. Dallas Goddard off the board uh, to Peter Puzo after that at the 502. DeAndre Hopkins joining Jerry Judy in the wide receiver room. For Darren Armani, as he now has two receivers to go with his two tight ends and Jameer Gibbs. Alexander Madison, the fourth running back drafted by John Friedman in the first five rounds. DJ Moore, the fourth receiver 
drafted by Mike Shope and Adam Krautwurst. Drake London off the board is the number three receiver for Vince Staffolino. Evan Engram will be starting at quarter. Uh, beg your pardon, at tight end. God, not quarterback. Uh, Evan Engram will be starting at, starting at tight end for Jeff Mance. Kenneth Walker, the second running back drafted by Chad Schroeder. He gets him at the 508 tonight at the running back 19 position. Terry McLaurin joining Garrett Wilson in the wide receiver room for Michael Nazareth. Christian Kirk, the third wideout, uh, selected by Shelley Fossum. Mike Williams to Jason Petropoulos and Cam Akers, the third consecutive running back drafted by Peter St. Pierre. I have to bring up this uh, message I got from Mike Schilt, WGR uh, 550 Radio in Buffalo, who is drafting with Adam Krautwurst tonight. He said, um, uh, in confidence, He's going to share with us a couple of players that they're kind of hoping that fell to him in the draft tonight. Now, Mike said this in confidence. I'm going to take that to meaning it's no longer in confidence because the draft is in the sixth round, right? Love that. Oh, I apologize to Mike if I'm spoiling anything. Um, but I think they have given this stuff away on their own podcast before. They liked Mark Andrews. They liked Jameer Gibbs. And they liked Christian Watson. If you guys notice, and Darren Armani was not CC'd on this email that Mike sent me. But Darren Armani got Mark Andrews and Jameer Gibbs uh, instead of Shope and Krautwurst. However, they did get Christian Watson in the fourth. Um, Mike Shope said if, if they could get all those guys after getting Cooper Cup or Tyreek Hill in round one, he said you can tell uh, the audience tonight on the Pros versus Joe's FFPC YouTube channel that they're pretty psyched. Well, I don't know if they're pretty psyched anymore because they, they had the opportunity to draft Andrews uh, and Gibbs. In the second round, they chose to draft Devontae Adams instead, and then neither one of them came back to him in the third. However, they did get Christian Watson in the fourth. What do you make of uh, – I know Terp's a big fan of it, uh, Farrell. What do you make of the deep end start here with four receivers and two running backs through six rounds? Uh, which team are we talking about? I'm sorry. I this is, this is uh, um, the deep end. FF1, uh, team number five tonight, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Watson Moore, Jacobs, and Dobbins. Well, we talked about Krautwurst and these guys before. They know exactly mm -hmm. what they're doing, and and yeah, so they've got they've got Jacobs, Hill, and Adams. Adams is sliding for no apparent reason. Uh, Watson, we talked about what we didn't like about him last night. Was left a whole lot to to like. I think DJ Moore. These guys remember what. <laughs> If Fields is ever going to be the quarterback he should be and the offensive coordinator is promising that the ball is going to fly out of his hand this year, then it's going to go through D.J. Moore, so I can live with that. Um, Dobbins, um, yeah, that's the, that's kind of the – I would be curious to ask those guys if they were waiting on Williams. I think they probably would have referred Williams, and then they had to take Dobbins. That's my that could have been. Uh, that would make sense uh, for sure. Terp, as we look at the rest of the fifth round, anything stand out? I guess I guess the team I really want to talk about is Gary Davenport. Um, when you look at his his first five picks tonight, yeah, he's got two receivers, but he's got an elite running back, he's got an elite quarterback, and an elite tight end. And there's really nothing negative to say about his team. I mean, I'm not the biggest Dalvin Cook fan, but, I mean, you buy the dip with Jonathan Taylor. DK Metcalf's obviously number one receiver in ascending offense. Justin Fields has QB1 potential. Darren Waller has top three potential. Michael Pittman, there's going to be some growing pains. I mean, I love the player, but there's going to be some growing pains. I'm not as high as high on him as most. Definitely not as high as Farrell. But I think, you know, if Richardson takes that next step, it's just a question of there's going to be some ugly games mixed in there. 
he is going to be a very, very tough weekly guy if Richardson doesn't show you a lot early on. He's be a real yeah, tough but guy if, to he, if, if he does, and Pittman is the number one guy. 100%. He, number one he, by a large margin. There's nobody, there's nobody close. If he does, just a modicum of a success as a rookie quarterback, doesn't Pittman get what he got last year? He should. Okay. And if Pittman gets what he got last year, those 99-ish catches at the number at the as your number three wide receiver. And I think you're going to need that. I interpret question for you. Justin Fields that early. Two rounds later, we're looking at at Lawrence and, and Herbert. Wouldn't you have rather had Lawrence and Herbert and done a position player there? I would have rather had Herbert two rounds later. Lawrence, I like Lawrence. I'm not dis, I'm not discounting him in any way, but Fields just has that, you know, big time rushing upside. If he uh-huh. takes the next step as a passer with DJ Moore, obviously a healthy Mooney. They just paid the tight end, you know, they're you know, running back stable of unknown a little bit, but I just like Fields a little bit more than Lawrence. I don't know if I'd push him all the way up to the fourth round, like you said, but definitely right in the fifth round range would be would, would be happy for me. But he was never coming back to the guy. So So when you when you draft Fields there, I think you start the draft by saying, I'm gonna have Justin Fields as my quarterback. One hundred percent. You realize that he's probably that's, not coming yeah. back to you. Yeah. So that's you you're he's already thinking about that before the draft even starts. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Six-round complete, guys, here. Chris Godwin off the board at the 6-1 to Peter St. Pierre. Herbert to Jason Petropoulos as his number one quarterback. Brandon Ayuk to Shelly Fossum as her number four receiver. Joe Burrow starting for Michael Nazarick in the nine hole tonight. Trevor Lawrence right after that to Chad Schroeder. Javante Williams goes to Jeff Mance tonight. I, there's been a lot of people talking about the value falling to Jeff Mance from Fantasy Guru. He gets Javante Williams as the RB21 at the 606 tonight. Tyler Lockett, the fourth receiver, drafted in six rounds by Vince Daffalino. We already talked a little bit about J.K. Dobbins going to Chopin Krautwurst, followed by Damian Pierce to John Friedman as his number five running back. Deontay Johnson, the third receiver, drafted by Darren Armani. Rashad White and Dalvin Cook complete the sixth round. Rashad White uh, off the board to team number two. That's Peter Puzo. And then Dalvin Cook at the 6-12 tonight. You know, Terp kind of weighed in on Dalvin Cook tonight, Farrell. There's a couple of running backs in this round, and we'll get to the quarterbacks that Dizzle is commenting on in the YouTube chat right now. But your thoughts on Dalvin Cook going as high as the sixth round tonight. Is that too early? Uh, you know what? Uh, Terp has won me over to his thinking on Dalvin Cook. Um, Terp has illuminated the aspect of what he's asking for contractually, which I haven't paid a, a great deal of attention to. So, you know, Dalvin Cook may be a little bit disconnected from reality. He may not understand his role in the league, which is always dangerous for a player looking for a new place to play. And you know what? I, I think last night I might have been drafting Cook. I think tonight I'm going to let him pass. Um. Rashad White, as um, as Biplab Mandel and, and Dave the Dizzle Gerzak are commenting on in the YouTube chat right now, Terp, uh, White normally goes in the early sixth. He falls all the way to the late sixth tonight. Is there a reason why you think Rashad White's falling, and what is your advice to FFPC drafters when they see Rashad White fall a half or maybe a full round past ADP? He's a guy that I have not been on that much. He possesses you know, the ability to catch a ton of passes. He's going to get a ton of targets. Obviously, there's not much behind him. You know, Chase Edmond, Keyshawn Vaughn, not guys that are really exciting in any way. 
every camp report that I read, he's going to be the guy. The offensive line, they weren't healthy last year. It was kind of a disaster. I just don't really think he's that efficient of a runner to warrant, you know, that kind of, you know, draft selection. I mean, I'm passing him most of the time. Um, it depends on the build. If the build, you know, calls for it and it's a, you know, you're starting a heavy receiver type of situation and he's there, I'm fine with it. If he was there in like the late sixth, early seventh, I'm not going to budge, but he's been going a lot higher. So it's a pass for me. I also want to go back to something you said a little bit ago. You were talking about the value of Jeff Manns that people were talking about. I think they're being sarcastic because Miles Sanders is not a value. Mm-hmm. Evan Ingram, not a value. Javante Williams, not a value. Kadarius Tony, not a value. Love his first three picks, but after that, I know he's a go-get-your-guy guy, and I respect that, but none of those guys are values. I mean, Tony has been free, for free, you know, falling in drafts. Javante Williams, he's starting to move up. I mean, obviously, positive camp reports. Ingram is not going in the fifth round in, in FFPC drafts, and I think that's the earliest I've seen Miles Sanders. So he's definitely a go-get-your-guy type of, you know, setup, but I don't know. It's not yeah. Funny. A bit like Mandel commenting that Vince Staffolino and Chad Schroeder, who are on both sides of Jeff Manns in this draft, he says they're crushing Jeff Manns right now uh, in that uh, seven spot for Manns. Probably not um, the, the greatest draw uh, for Manns in this draft, but he's grabbing his guys, and maybe he knew that. You know, he knew the success that Staffolino and Schroeder have had over the course of, you know, a decade plus in the FFPC, and he knew that if he was going to win this league, it was going to have to be by getting his guys. That could be what he's looking at there. I don't want to scroll all the way back in the YouTube chat, uh, Farrell, um, but uh, the Dizzles caught, uh, talked about all the great quarterback value here in the sixth round with Lawrence to Schroeder, Burrow to Nazarick, and then Herbert to Petropolis here in the sixth. There is a lot of good value there. Do you like Herbert best uh, for Petropolis among those three guys, given that he already had drafted Mike Williams? Oh, uh, yeah. Herbert's my guy for this. And uh, Lawrence would be my next guy because, you know, they'll love Burrow. But, hey, I don't know what the availability is. You know, and I, I when we're in this situation with those kind of players uh, orbiting around Burrow, uh, I'm I'm going to get the guy that I think is going to be available. And I, I didn't dip. You know, yeah, well, yeah. you know, you can dip your way into week six without a quarterback. And, you know, it also is – is in a situation where you look at these other receivers. And if you guys want to look up Trevor Simeon's history as a starting quarterback, uh, I'd rather not. Why don't you go ahead and look that up? Because, uh, you know, you're, you're, uh, you, you can't feel really good about your Cincinnati receivers. Now, you know, Joe Burrow is one of the toughest guys in the NFL. And so I expect him to get back. I expect him to try to come back before he's even healed and he will have an argument uh from that uh, training staff about when he may get on the field so hey i don't know you know week one he'll be out all right. there all right so let me let me throw this i'll play devil's advocate on this farrell uh with with joe burrow to you who falls to the 604 tonight is there something to be said for burrow coming back from this injury everything's hunky-dory he's got plenty of time to recover from the regular season obviously the dizzle just pointed out uh, in the in the YouTube chat that Patrick Mahomes had this a similar injury, played one week later, actually a worse injury, and played one week later. And Burrow has six weeks essentially in order to get back from this injury for week one. How concerned about you? Or, uh, how concerned are you about not necessarily Burrow's health, but a reaggravation for Burrow 
where you would be concerned with drafting Jamar Chase in the top two, drafting T. Higgins in the second round, drafting, um, you know, uh, Tyler Boyd or Irv Smith or, or whoever, you know, from Cincinnati. Um, how concerned about a re-aggravation are you? Because I don't think anybody's necessarily concerned about this injury. To me, the thing that I'd be concerned with, uh, Farrell with Burrow, is a re-aggravation. Well, and you would have reason to do that based on the fact of how often he gets hit by the lack of pass rush or pass blocking that this offensive line has provided him. They've got better. They got better last year. They went from 70 to like 40, but he's he's still a punching bag in that offense. And I, sure, a term saying buy on the dip, that's an excellent fantasy football um Strategy because when in this format we're going to be able to pick up two other quarterbacks that can can cover us early and if Burrow does come back in in the right situation, boom. So would would I want to draft Chase here with the second pick? I I, I probably wouldn't, and maybe that's because I'm too conservative, or maybe that's because I like all the other players on the board that are going to be drafted. I, I like so many of them that I'm willing to go with another receiver in this first round. It's just a thought. Joe Burrow normally going at the 504 in the FFPC best ball tournament where you can win a $200,000 grand prize at just a $125 entry fee. Similar format to the pros versus Joe's tonight as Burrow falls a full round, 604, to Michael Nazarick from ffmastermind.com. Michael Pittman, who we talked a lot about tonight, he goes off the board to the uh, Gary Davenport from Bleacher Report as his number three receiver. David Montgomery, the number three running back, drafted by Peter Puzo. Uh Marquise Brown, the fourth straight receiver drafted by Darren Armani, and a couple of receivers after that, Mike Evans to John Friedman as his number two wideout. Jackson Smith and Jigba as the number five wideout to Shope and Krautwurst. James Cook off the board to Vince Staffolino as his number two running back. We already talked about Kadarius Tony going to Jeff Manns, DeAndre Swift, and James Conner after that. Swift to Schroeder, Conner to Nazareth. David Njoku to Shelly Foss from the FFPC. Joe at the 710 tonight, followed by Alvin Kamara and Brandon Cooks to wrap up the seventh round to Petropolis and St. Pierre, respectively. So Armani here, guys, and, and Terp, I'll throw this to you. From the three spot, hit the two tight ends early. He got Jameer Gibbs, and now he is just peeing yellow, as the kids say, as he just drafted his fifth straight receiver here Terp. what do you make of this uh, team construction kelsey andrews gibbs and then judy hopkins deontay johnson marquise brown and dotson i remember last year he came on the show and he drafted a lot of cowboys and i ripped him because i thought <laughs> his team stunk it's the polar opposite this year his team is really good i mean start off with kelsey getting andrews to fall where he fell i'm sure he was a little little, little tingled when the home was possibly could have came back to him, but getting a consolation prize with Gibbs is no is, is no problem. Directed five receivers in a row, love that. Nothing negative to say about him. He's rising up my rankings too about a possible overall winner because he's doing a great job so far. And uh, and John Terry, a guy who has won numerous grand prizes in the FFPC, has already said. Who, by the way, drafted in the Pros versus Joes this year. He said Team 3 is winning. That is uh, Darren Armani. Chad Schroeder, who is also drafting tonight from the 8th spot, he says Armani is crushing this uh, from the 3 spot. I do want to go back, and and Farrell, let's talk about uh, Chopin and and Krautwurst's team. Uh, David Dizzle Gerzak is commenting on on how much they love receiver here because through 8 rounds, nary a quarterback to be found, nor a tight end. Only two running backs. The rest are receivers. Hill, Adams, Watson, DJ Moore, Smith and Jigba, and Johnston here. 
for the deep end so far. What do you make of that start with all those wideouts? Uh, these guys have been talking about these rookie players on their podcast and drafting in their dynasty teams, and they're not going to pass them. They've been scratching that itch to pull that trigger on these young receivers, and uh, good for them. Again, they're getting the guys that, that they want. They're getting their guys. I don't think that, uh, you you know, of those two rookie receivers, I don't think you needed both of them. Uh, it probably would have been wise to grab a tight end, um, but we'll see. 12 tight ends now off the board. Um, they could have had Dulcich there if they wanted in the eighth round. They chose not to. Let's get through the eighth round, guys, uh, as we kick things off with Michael Thomas, the third straight receiver drafted by Peter St. Pierre, Jordan Addison from uh, the Minnesota Vikings, the Petropolis, Antonio Gibson joining Brees Hall and Shelly Fossum's backfield. Gabe Davis is going to be a member of the FF Mastermind crew for Michael Nazareth there. Back-to-back -back tight ends. Chad Schroeder goes with Pat Fryermuth as his starter. Dalton Schultz is the selection for Jeff Manns as his backup. Elijah Moore and the aforementioned Quentin Johnston after that to Staffolino and then uh, uh, Chopin Krautwurst to Sean Watson. The first quarterback selected by John Friedman. Uh, Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks, and Cortland Sutton complete the eighth round to Armani, to Puzo, and Davenport, respectively. So that is the eighth round here, guys. Um, let's go back to Shelly Fossum's team here, Terp. Brees Hall in the third which I, I guess I can get on board with when you're trying to win the league. But then she doesn't take another running back until the eighth round where she gets Antonio Gibson here. So there's a lot of volatility here at, at the running back position. And obviously, you know, the, the lazy analysis is, well, if they hit, she's looking great. But what are the chances that one or both of these running backs hit for her here? I mean, I love Antonio Gibson. He's my number one overall running back owned right now. So I'm very high on that pick. Um, Reese Hall, like we talk about in this league, this league's different from other leagues. It's not a basketball championship league. It's not a fantasy pros league. It's not a main event league. All you're doing is trying to come in first. If you don't come in first, nothing matters. And based off the structure of this team, this is a team that's trying to go for first. You're betting on Brees Hall. Mm -hmm. You're betting on Antonio Gibson. You're solid everywhere else. You have mm. probably possibly the QB one in Lamar Jackson. You have two stud receivers followed by, you know, two upside guys with Kirk and Ayuk. I like the David Njoku pick. Um, no, no, nothing negative to say at all. You're betting on Brees Hall. This this team's probably going to live and die by Brees Hall. Yeah. And if Brees Hall is healthy and Dalvin Cook doesn't come to town, this could easily be – there's four, five, six teams in this league that could win it. This is by far, out of all the drafts I've seen so far, there are some really, really, really good teams. Farrell, uh, look at team two for me here. That's Peter Puzo's team. And he, he just got his first stack with Patrick Mahomes. He drafts Sky Moore in the ninth round here. But starting off with Chase and Olave, he still managed to grab an elite quarterback and an elite tight end with Mahomes and, and Goddard. And quite frankly, his running backs aren't, aren't lacking here. ETN, Rashad White, David Montgomery, and then he's got some value here or potential value with Burks and Moore. Um, we don't talk, we haven't not talked about Peter Puzo's team here from the two hole, but I'm not seeing a ton of weakness. And, and I could see a path where this team could end up winning this league based on these first nine picks. It's a player I've been waiting to be to be picked, and it would have helped him with his stack. It's the player that I would have put in, in instead of the uh, Sky Moore uh, in the ninth round. And it was also the running back that I was hoping that Shelley um, might be able to grab as, as her third. And Schroeder got him, and we can talk more about that. But, I, yeah, I would have probably – 
between his his eighth and ninth round pick, I would have liked to have seen a running back there. I think there's some pretty good ones that were still available, and one that gave him a uh, a fantastic stack. So, I uh, I would have played that differently. Terp, what do you make of Brian Harris's uh, uh, comment here in the YouTube chat? Uh, it was a tiny stack. He views the tiny stack um, of Mahomes and more as a detriment when they could have had George Pickens there in the early ninth. Did they make the right call? They must have been watching Twitter today because George Pickens, that catch out of this world. <laughs> uh, but I don't I don't agree with him. I, I think Sky Moore in that offense, you have Patrick Mahomes throwing you the ball. There's no receivers right now. Sky Moore's getting a lot of positive press. There's no one out there for them to add. There's nowhere out there for them to trade for. A bunch of unknowns, Richie James, Ross, MVS. I like Sky Moore picking. It makes a ton of sense because if Patrick Mahomes is going to go off and it's not Kelsey, Sky Moore's probably the leading candidate right now. So Yeah, and those receivers vacated – those receptions vacated by Juju Smith-Schuster will have to go to someone. So yeah. Deontay Johnson sure, isn't I'm, going anywhere. I'm fine with – I'm fine with Sky Moore there. It's two receivers, eight and nine. He could have had more, and he could have had uh, the Chiefs running back. That's how I would have played that. It's, it's Burks, your guy Burks, which you won't say anything bad about. <laughs> uh, you can't particularly say anything good about him, so you haven't said anything about him. But uh, that's that would there was just hundred times out of a hundred, I take Traylon Burks over Isaac Pacheco every well, single time. Well, you know, you'd be wrong every single I don't time. I don't mind Isaac Pacheco as a player, but I mean I, I can't help it that you're engaged with you know, I you want to fail slowly. I'm loyal so to my guys. Traylon Burks, I'm just gonna go Traylon Burks, you know, swinging with him. It's just all outscores I said it on Twitter the other day. Traylon Burks will outscore DeAndre. No, I don't care how many places you say it when it's wrong on every social media. We're going to revisit this. We're going to revisit this at the end of the season, and we're going to see. If I'm a bonehead, I'll raise my hand, and I'll say I'm a bonehead. We'll see. And, you know, that's – yeah, just – you're not a bonehead. You're just – you just got my wife tells me I'm a bonehead a lot, so, I mean, it's – You got Traylon Burks. I do have some – I do have some – some attractive hat wear for you, though. I have a big head. Nothing fits my head. Well, okay. All right. All right. I'm going to attempt to bring this back down to earth here. Wheels are falling off on the final show. All right. All right. Yeah, they are. They are, really. And we have a comment from John Terry I want to get to, but I want to get through the ninth round first. Uh, AJ AJ Dillon to Gary Davenport from Bleacher Report at the 901. Sky Moore to to Peter Puzo, followed uh, by Anthony Richardson's the number one quarterback drafted by Darren Armani. Greg Dulcich to John Freeman. Tua Tungabailoa pairs up with Tyreek Hill nicely for Krautwurst and Shope here uh, at the five spot. George Pickens uh, to uh, Staffolino, followed by Simon J. P. Ryan to Jeff Manns. Isaiah Pacheco to Chad Schroeder, followed by Tyler Higby, the uh, uh, backup tight end to George Kittle here to Michael Nazarick. Khalil Herbert and Jerick McKinnon back-to-back to Fosselman Petropolis. And then Juwan Johnson completes the ninth round here. Tight end 14 and the starting tight end for Peter St. Pierre. Uh, Terp, let's get into, and 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 this is something that um, John Terry just pointed out. You know, speaking of playing for first, he wants an explanation for Javante Williams at the 606 and then Samaj P. Ryan at the 907 tonight. That is Jeff Mann's team, a team we've been talking a lot about tonight. Terp, what do you think there about that? those two picks? I have no explanation. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, I know people are going to say, well, you're getting the Denver backfield, but Javante Williams, I know he's getting a lot of positive press in camp. 
But if he's healthy and if he gets, you know, he's back and, and keep continues to rise up draft boards, P. Ryan's going to be useless. He's not. He's not bringing much to the table. To me, you got to bet on one of those guys. If you believe in Javante Williams, you took him in the sixth round earlier. Then I'm pretty sure he's gone in any draft so far. Backing him up in a round that's not the 13, 14, 15, 16, you know, later pick type of situation. I think it's just a flawed system. You know, I'd be very surprised if this works out for him. Hey, Turf, is, is the issue there um, the the fact that you took P or that uh, Jeff Mans took P Ryan so early? Would of you have course. been cool with this strategy if it was like P Ryan in the twelfth or thirteenth? One thousand percent. If that where'd he go last? I probably still I probably still wouldn't do it. But I mean, P Ryan's going to be there. He's going to be annoying. I think he's going to be okay this year. He's not like I said said last night. He's not a league winner in any way. But if Javante Williams is in one hundred percent and is not ready to go. He Ryan's really the only guy there. So to me, you got to bet on one. If you don't believe in Javante Williams, you take P Ryan. If you think Javante Williams is back, and most people do right now because he's getting pushed up draft boards, then P Ryan can't even be on your radar. Hmm. Uh, Farrell, to to your point, um, Samaje P Ryan went at the nine oh one last night to Rick Raymaker. So what's the difference? You know, about a half round. Yeah, but, but yeah, but we're not talking about the fact that it, it P Ryan would be available later because he, he he hasn't been. He's been moving up the boards. I I don't know. We're we're dealing with a coach and an offensive coordinator, uh, OC Lombardi, who are reunited in Denver, and they like two running backs, and they like their running backs to be fleet of foot and a great pass catcher, and they also like a big bruiser, and they like to use both of them, just like they did in New Orleans with uh, Kamara and Ingram. So why is this Piran pick uh, so uh, polar polarizing in this conversation? I don't think it's that big, of, that big of a deal. If the thing that's a big deal in round 10, can we talk about round 10, Bucky? Yes, go ahead, Drill. Yes, because there's uh, a pick I want to yes. talk about anyway. Is you talk about a slam dunk? Let's go back to old naked bootlegs with Miss Shelley Fawson. Look at Zay Flowers there, mm-hmm. and there's the pick when players were drafting CD Lamb. Tarp talks about league winners, CD Lamb in the ninth round of his rookie year. Zay Flowers is the 2023 CD Lamb, uh, and he will bring a skill set to that Baltimore uh, offense that will you make you think that Baltimore is a passing team because he's going to do things from all over the field. It's going to be fantasy fantastic. And there's your guy in a double-digit round that will make Tenth a Tenth round, play. I could not agree more. There's nothing negative to say about anything you just said. I mean, he – all positive press so far in camp. Surprised he's not moving up more. Bateman not practicing. Odell, you know, obviously coming off major injury. Nobody really outside of, of, a, of a dusty Nelson Aguilar that, that could challenge – it makes so much sense that Zay Flowers should be moving up draft boards, but he's not, and I don't understand why. That offense, they keep talking about the fast pace. You, I would take Zay Flowers in the 10th round of every single draft I'm in if I had the option. When when she took Khalil Herbert uh, in, in the in the ninth, that's when I, I got a little bit uh, I got a little bit shaky because I said, oh no, he's not going to get back to her because I've been watching her draft and I as you know. I said, oh, that's where you need to take Zay Flowers. And I think she was very fortunate that came back. And, and you know, Team 11 uh, taking Schuster, and I, I don't know how they could. They've taken a lot of older receivers. Well, they took Addison, a rookie. In other words, I, I could have – I don't understand how you pass up Flowers for Schuster, especially when you're looking at your opponent and realizing we're going to let her stack 
Jackson and Flowers, that's not a good deal. I can I can see a world where Flowers should go above Cortland Sutton eighth round, Quentin mm-hmm. Johnson eighth round, Elijah Moore eighth round, Michael Thomas eighth round, Gabe Davis Cook, seventh Gabe round, Davis right, Gabe Davis. Davis eighth round, Kadarius Tony seventh round. You can even Wait come up till... in the category of of the Mike Evans JSN range, in my opinion. He should Wait be going till... up there. You know, you, you don't have to wait to preseason. Go to, you know, go to college highlights and, and just watch what he did last he year. Running, I mean, running against cover two defenses. And if they try to do that in the NFL, and if they, oh my goodness, it's. He's a guy that you do not want to have any positive preseason games. You don't want him to catch a long pass or yeah. you know, have a, you know, Lamar Jackson hookup that's going to make it flash because. That will move him up draft board. You want him to yeah. just have like a right all the positive practice and stuff you want, but you don't want him to have like anything too crazy because he's a, he's a guy that'll move up two three rounds with one you know hookup from Lamar Jackson in a useless preseason game. Terp, you're just a damn genius. I got to tell you. Thank you. Uh, well, and let's utilize some of that genius here, Terp, because there's a, been a lot of chatter. Uh, let's go back to Chad Schroeder's team from the eight spot here tonight. Um, and you look at what Biplab Mandel and um, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak are saying. Gerzak says, uh, oh, my God, Chad got Rashad Penning, too. This is after he took DeAndre Swift in the seventh round. And then Biplab says, can't believe this is Chad's first draft. Shocking. But I th- it's absolutely I, shocking. That's I, think, I think the true question here, and, and Jay Wimmers is posting it uh, in the YouTube chat. He said, uh, when we were talking about the, the P. Ryan, Javante Williams conversation, Terp, would you say the same on Chad? taking DeAndre Swift in the seventh and then Rashad Penny in the 10th. This is my beloved Eagles, so I'm very biased when it comes right. to this answer. But I would probably say the same thing. I'm betting on one of them. The offensive line is the best in football. Some running back is going to be a monster. The question on which one. I know it's a little different than the Broncos because the Broncos offensive line is not very good. We're talking about the best offensive line in football, 100% healthy, a Super Bowl contending team. It should be a lot of positive game scripts. So which Swift with Penny, it makes a little bit more sense, but I'm still probably just betting on one. But my bias says, nah, Jack can do whatever he wants. But is there something to be said that this is a closed 12-team league where you don't have to beat everybody in a national competition, which to me makes handcuffing a little bit more, or excuse me, drafting the backup a little bit more valuable. Uh, Terp, don't you think that there's more merit to doing that with what you saw Chad Schroeder do with the Eagles, with what you saw Jeff Manns do with the Broncos? If he had a zero RB build or a hero RB build, I would say yes. But he only has three receivers on his team right now. So that's a big, big – I mean, he's an injury away from being real, really hurt at that position. They're, I mean, they're starting to, you're starting to run out of, of quality pieces right now. I mean, it's starting to get to the wide receiver dead zone when you're drafting Juju and, you know, Romeo Dobbs and guys like that. It's so much unknown. So – I wouldn't do it just for the the build. If he got him, you know, based off like a Saquon Barkley and didn't take Kenneth Walker and didn't take Pacheco, then okay. But the build with only three receivers is dangerous because, I mean, Higgins and, and Samuel have their own questions. There's no slam dunks there. All right. So let, let's uh, – Scott Hoyt, a guy who is a longtime, very successful FFPC champion, he wants to know in the Facebook chat, Farrell, What's Cup status after injury today? And SportsIllustrated.com actually reported that Cooper Cup did indeed leave Rams practice early today with an apparent injury. Think back to last season. Uh, an ankle injury is what basically cost him the last two-thirds of the season. 
Uh, Rams head coach Sean McVay said, quote, he looked like he came up a little bit in a red zone route. I know, I just know they told me he was out for practice. Cup is going to be turning 30 years old this season. Obviously, that's the meal ticket for the Rams offense this year. And I, I, the question is, too, with, you know, Cooper Cup falling to Chad Schroeder at the 108, perhaps the injury had something to do with it. Farrell, would you be a little bit skittish about drafting Cooper Cup in the top five, a spot that has been very familiar to him in FFPC drafts over the last two months? Yes, especially with this news. And, you know, I'm not particularly skittish about injured players. Um, however, when you got to pay a first-round draft pick for it, would I just as soon – if I had been drafting from that spot, have gone with uh, C.D. Lamb, I could live with that over Cup. Uh, yeah, there's just so much talent in that round, guys. You don't have to take any risk. So I would probably assess it that way. Mm-hmm. I don't want to miss any time. I don't want to. I don't want to miss any. I don't want any guys missing time. And and no, nobody wants that. And and I think um, as we look at the eleventh round here tonight. There is the possibility that this is the most quarterback and tight end rich round we have had in six live pros versus Joe's drafts so far, guys. Geno Smith to Gary Davenport to back up Justin Fields, followed by a pair of running backs, Brian Robinson to Puzo, and then Jamal Williams to Armani. A couple of tight ends here, Gerald Everett to John Freeman, Sam Laporta to Krautwurst and Shope. Kirk Cousins is going to be the first quarterback drafted by Vince Staffolino. Russell Wilson off the board to Jeff Mans. Dalton Kincaid backing up Pat Fryer move to Chad Schroeder. Aaron Rodgers, the signal caller, set behind Joe Burrow to Michael Nazarick from FF Mastermind. Jalen Warren is the fourth running back drafted by Shelley Fossum. Cole Komet backing up Kyle Pitts for Jason Petropoulos. And then Raheem Mostert, after ignoring the running back position since round five, Peter St. Pierre gets another one here. In round 11, the 44th running back off the board, that is Raheem Mostert. If you are watching the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour for the first time tonight, thank you. We appreciate it. It's a great show. Farrell and I do this year-round every Friday at 10, 9 central. YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook for the FFPC channels. You can also access full on-demand streaming anywhere you get podcasts that we, we got it streamed out to. I'm, I'm not kidding you. At least two dozen uh, podcast networks, so there's no excuse for you not to find it video, audio, whatever you want to do. You can listen to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour year-round and on demand. Let's get back to the 11th round here, guys. A lot of tight ends, a lot of quarterbacks uh, going off in this round. Terp, forgive me if I asked you this previously because we're in our sixth draft and they're starting to blur together a little bit. You think Dalton Kincaid is going lower than he should for an FFPC tight end premium format? Once again, he falls to tight end 18 tonight at the 11.08. I understand there's a lot of people that don't like drafting rookie tight ends, but everything we've heard from a lot of pundits out there say that <laughs> Don Kincaid is not going to be playing tight end this year. He's going to be playing a glorified wide receiver position, Terp. First of all, the chat's going to going to assassinate you soon. They're trying to get you to scroll down. I'm doing it right now. Play. I'm doing it right now. I got it. My you're fault. about to you're My about fault. to get knocked off the air by these guys. They're they're about to you know <laughs> really. Back to Dalton yes. Kincaid. There is Kevin no Williamson. world ever. My beard was in the way. I apologize. My beard was covering up the board. It's not going to happen again. We, we got room. This will make someone it. very happy. There's never a world where I would ever take Irv Smith over Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. Zero percent chance. Dalton Kincaid's a guy that I'm surprised is not moving up, you know, draft boards a little bit in the tight end premium league with Josh Allen. It makes too much sense. Um, he has a ton of upside. He's getting a lot of good press in camp. Dawson Knox is there. That is annoying. But if you believe that he's going to be playing the slot, 
the big slot or whatever you want to call it. He could be a league winner. I mean, he has a ton, mm-hmm. a ton of upside. Talented. They drafted him high. They tra- traded up to get him. It makes so much sense for him to be a valuable, valuable fantasy, you know, contributor. So he's a guy that 11th round that if you just waited on tight end, didn't take any, I'd be thrilled to have. What about uh, Farrell? The, the, and they're on the clock right now in, in Mike Shope and Adam Krautwurst from the deep end fantasy football show. Sam Laporta, first tight end off the board. They did not take a tight end until the 11th round. And I got to tell you, there's some upside. They've gone with a lot of rookies uh, tonight, if you look at their draft. Smith and Jigba and Johnston in the 7th and 8th rounds. Now Charbonnet and Laporta in the 10th and 11th. What do you make of Laporta as the starting tight end in this particular format? Oh, the same thing I made of him last night, Balky. He's speed, size, ready to play. Uh, going to be a rookie tight end, yes. Can he stretch that out that by game eight he's playing not like a rookie but by a seasoned player because he's got the athletic skills to do it? Yes, and um, I'm I like that pick and I like it. I like what they stacked it with in the twelfth round. Dalton Kincaid, Terps all over it from our uh, our favorite uh, second town outside of Philly and Louisville. Dalton Kincaid, a native of Las Vegas, and he's been a a prized uh, player. Uh, scouts, agents, front offices could not wait for this player to get out of school and to be in the NFL. And, and congratulations on the the Bills for getting him. I can even warm up a little bit with Cole Komet here in the uh, 11th round. Uh, Gerald Everett, 47 catches last year. That's serviceable in this format, and maybe he gets a little more. So, yeah, it's a great round for tight ends. Farrell, I know you were rooting for another running back to go to Shelly Fossum here at the 10th spot, but kind of like what she did here in the 11th round as her fourth running back, a guy like Jalen Warren who is going significantly later. Then Najee Harris, who went in the third round tonight. But I think Jalen Warren in the 11th round, this is not a guy that is simply an injury away type guy. Regardless of Najee Harris's health, Jalen Warren is going to have a role in that Pittsburgh backfield. Turk feels he will. He talked about it last night. I looked into Warren and the expectations that the club might have, and I have to agree with him. I think Warren is a player that I'm going to target in these double-digit rounds. Probably won't get him by the time we get to Planet Hollywood. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, Shelly is uh, Shelly's doing very, very well with this draft. All right, let's go back to uh, the 12th round, which just got completed tonight. Jared Goff backing up Jalen Hurts or Peter St. Pierre. Tyler Algier as the fourth running back off the board to Jason Petropoulos from Brodo Fantasy. And then a a slew of wide receivers here. Jamison Williams to Shelly Fossum. Jacoby Myers to Michael Nazarick. Odell Beckham to Chad Schroeder as his number four receiver. Has not drafted the receiver since the fourth round. Gets another one tonight in the 12th round at uh, twelve or in at the 12.05 with Odell Beckham. Isaiah Hodgins, a little bit early for, like, we always have the Giants wide receiver conversation at the end. We're going to have to have it a little bit earlier tonight, guys. Isaiah Hodgins at the 12.06 to Jeff Manns. No surprise there. He is hashtag getting his guys. Damian Harris off the board is the number four running back for Vince Staffolino. Chico Conquo, back-to-back tight ends for the deep end. That is Laporta in the 11th, Oconquo in the 12th, and it's wide receivers the rest of the way. Alan Lazard to John Friedman. Rondale Moore off the board to Fantasy Mojo. Rashi Rice to uh, Peter Puso. And then Tyler Boyd, the final pick of the 12th round, is the number five receiver drafted by Gary Davenport. Turf, what am I missing on Rondale Moore? Because the more I read, the more I listen to, it seems like everybody and their mother is suddenly on 
Rondale Moore here in the early double-digit rounds? The talent's there. The upside's there. That He just can't stay healthy. That's a big if right now. I mean, 13th round or 12th round is a fine slot to take him in a best ball league. He would be a, just a nightmare in a managed league. Um, I just don't know how you would ever actually click the button for him to start. But in a best ball league, you're going to get spike weeks. If he stays healthy, you, you saw they should get a ton of targets. There's not a lot of guys there. Marquise Brown, you know, obviously Trey McBride's a guy I like. Not much else behind him. So a team that's supposed to be bad. Kyler Murray's not going to be back for a while. They should be down in a lot of games. That will lead to targets, obviously. But I'm, I'm worried about Jonathan Gannon, you know, running the show in, in Arizona. But I like Marquise Brown. I told you Trey McBride. Rondell Moore's a guy that I'll draft a little bit, but he, I won't be too overexposed to. Rondell Moore, guys, might be out of the league after this year. Wow. This team has never let him do much. He very he runs very very few patterns down the field. He after he catches he, the ball, he might be a factor on another team. I don't he's know if he's not explosive. League, uh, yeah, good he coach could, use, could unlock him. He could use a change of scenery, and he could use some explosion after he catches the ball. And it's this career in Arizona has been a disaster for him. The players 100%. drafted before him, drafted after him, uh, give higher upside. We keep talking about a. We keep talking about how you want to be the best of 12. Adam Thielen's going to catch 65 passes and probably five touchdowns, and Rondell Moore won't get anywhere near close to that. You know, and Dave the Dizzle Gerzak weighing in on the Rondell Moore conversation here in the YouTube chat. While I'd love to keep talking about that, I want to get back to a running back that we have not talked about over the course of pros versus Joe's Terp. Tyler Algier tonight goes at the 1202 to Jason Petropolis from Brodo Fantasy. And – I, I don't necessarily know that that we need to spend a whole lot of time talking about Tyler Algier, but I think it's worth bringing up. Everybody has already anointed Bijan Robinson as a can't miss guy, and certainly um, the the history of a player being drafted as high as he was in their rookie year backs up a pretty big season that he should be in store for this year. But if he's not, and if he is a bust, and if he misses. Like, I wonder if Tyler Algier could be a pretty significant guy here in the 12th round, given that this dude rushed for over 1,000 yards last year, man. You always try to find RB2s on a team that are secure, that no matter what, will get some time if the guy goes down or the guy's inefficient. It's hard because there's a lot of backup jobs right now that are just, you're just guessing. Minnesota, McBride, Chandler, who's in Dallas. You can keep going on the list of, of teams. If anything happens to talk to Bijan Robinson, there is no doubt that Tyler Algier, you saw last year, he was a very, very good fancy player for a while. Does he catch passes? No. But with Arthur, Arthur Smith, you know they're going to run about the, the run the ball a ton. I'm a minority here. I'm not on the Bijan hype train. I think he's going to be very good for a long time. But I just think there's a lot of guys that I would take over him. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to fade him completely. He'll be on, you know, a good amount of my teams. But when it comes down to, you know, big drafts, you know, when we get closer to Planet Hollywood and Vegas and, and some of these fantasy pro drafts, he's probably a guy that I'm, I'm going to probably pass on. He's <laughs> going to have to score the ball to deliver the value. And uh, we've already – I don't think Tyler Algeo is going away either. I think he's still going to get yeah, enough carries to be a pain in the butt. You've got an offense coordinator here that that enjoyed what Tyler Algier did last year, and and he, he was a well recruited, well respected player out of Brigham Young, and, and he, the locker room likes him. 
yeah, he isn't going away. And if you take the fact that you don't have a dynamic quarterback, I think he's a little better athlete than everyone gives him credit for. Very good he's, athlete, not a good quarterback. He's, he's not. Well, not Terpies, he's a good athlete, but he's he's not the athlete that the running quarterbacks are in the league. No. And he's not yeah. the he's not the drop back passer that uh, Herbert and 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 others are in this league. So what is he? He's a guy to manage the team, and he's going to with, with a with, you got to remember where this group came from. They came from Tennessee. They want to run the ball 500 times a game, uh, 500 times a year, and how fascinating that would be with with Robinson and Algiers. He's going to manage the team very well to 4-13 and 13 this year. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. But you know what? If they are 4-13, and 13, that means they're not scoring the ball, and that means you're not going to get the points for – you're not going to get enough points for Robinson. That's what we're betting on this year. Unless you – pardon me? That's what we're betting on this year. That's the, the I, will be the, train. I will be the witness and enjoy a tomahawk steak on one of you guys if you'll allow me to, to partake in that steak dinner bet, if that's what we're well, going to yeah, do. Yeah, it, it, everyone realizes, Balky, that the steak dinner loser is not only buying my steak dinner, but your steak. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Well, everybody knows that. Whatever it takes. I, I'm down. I'm down for that. I'm also down for our first guest of the evening. Uh, you know him uh, from WGR 550 Sports Talk Radio in Buffalo, New York. He's also one half of the dynamic duo for the Deep End Fantasy Football Show with Adam Krautwurst. You follow him on Twitter at Shope Talk. Please welcome in the pride of Buffalo, Mike Shope, drafting from the number five spot tonight. Mike, welcome into the broadcast, man. Hi, Balky. Hi, guys. How's it going okay. tonight? It's going great. Now, I don't know, I, and I know you were streaming, but I, I, I kind of spoiled your secret. Uh, of the email that you yes. sent me of the, of the players. He said, Hey, don't mention these guys, but I figured, ah, once they're off the board, we're good to talk about it. So let's talk about this for a little bit. You're hoping for Andrews. You hope for Gibbs. You like both those guys. Um, you had the opportunity to draft one of them at the two Oh eight tonight. You decided you were going to pass on both. And then both of them get taken by none other than Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com. How disappointed were you and Adam not to get either of those guys to fall back to you in the third? Like maybe two percent. I mean, oh, okay, that's at, not bad. At the most, we passed on Andrews because Adams was a steal. Like we thought it two oh eight, and then let him figure it out. So um, Gibbs was whatever happens happens, but we were happy and we're happy for a Darren too. Yeah, and 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 I think you know you get Watson, another guy that you guys were targeting uh, as well. Did you guys, because I know you said either Hill or Cup in round one, is was Hill the pick for you because of the Cup injury today? A little bit, yes. Like, I think I would have been on Cup except for that injury, but Adam told me about it, so we took Tyreek instead. We were sort of planning for Tyreek because we thought maybe Hill would or uh, Cup would go earlier. So um, we were sort of building around the idea of taking Cooper uh, Tyreek Hill, so it worked out okay, but... The injury is a little bit worrisome. I, I and I think it is, and and I think we we're all talking about like at the start of the show. Oh my God, Chad Schroeder gets Cooper Cup at the one hundred eight tonight. But there is something to be said to that because we don't know what the injury is. We don't know how serious it is. And Cooper Cup, by the way, not a young man anymore. He's coming into his age thirty season. So I think there's something to be worried about there. Um, speaking of things to be worried about, a lot of people would have not have taken uh, Mike Shope, Josh Jacobs in the third round tonight. You guys did. Can you tell us about your confidence in him playing and playing early this season? 
Yes, I think those guys are probably going to play. Like they have no sort of out that makes sense for them, in my opinion. I'd like to hear the other people's uh, opinion about this, but Jacob. I agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, a correlation with Adams, notwithstanding, and then sort of thinking that um, like Taylor Jacobs. What else are they going to do? So uh, for me, Jacobs at three hundred five was fine. We're talking with Mike Schoep from WGR 550 Sports Talk Radio in Buffalo, New York. He also is one half of the duo from the Deep End Fantasy Football Show, which you can watch on Player Profilers Network each and every week with Adam Krautware. So let, let's talk about these rookies here, Mike. Smith and Jigba and Quentin Johnston in the seventh and eighth, seventh and eighth round. You get two of Iloa to pair with Tyree Kill in the ninth. But then you go back to Charbonnet and Laporta. And then you hit on Kendra Miller in the 13th. I'm just kind of curious and, and maybe enlighten our viewers in this. Are you guys, do you see value in drafting rookies at this point in the season? Because you got a lot of them on your team here. Yes, because the way we started, I thought the receivers we had sort of underneath the foundation of the team, if you draft JSN and Johnston later and then hoping for stacks to go with, not with Johnston, but with, JSN, like with Gino, we didn't get Gino. Um, I feel like you can sort of take advantage of the rookies later on in your draft that way and have the floor with Adams and Tyreek and DJ Moore and hopefully Watson with some upside too. That that made sense to me. Mike, the other pick that, that I think is intriguing here, and this is a guy that I actually drafted in the Scott Fishbowl, Kyler Murray at the 1408 as the 22nd uh, quarterback off the board tonight. Can you enlighten the viewers a little bit on, on what your expectations are for Kyler Murray this year, given that he's coming off that injury? Well, the thing about him will be, when do they start to sort of go for it? When is he ready? If they start 0-5, he may not play at all. Mm-hmm. If they start 0-1 and his knee feels better, then I'm, I'm up here. But I feel like, you know, then maybe he plays 10 games. There's the Caleb Williams element with him. I'll take McBride here just to get that done. Yeah, I was going to ask you what, what pick you're going to do here. So it's back-to-back Cardinals, Murray and McBride, baby. I like McBride a lot this year because second-year tight end, even if it's check down backups, I feel like he's good and we were late on tight end. But Murray for me is he, I mean, if I'm the Cardinals, I might give it a month. And if I'm winless, I'll just try to figure it out for Murray to sit the whole year, but we can pick another quarterback or two along the way in a 20 round draft. Um, You know, there's huge upside. If he actually plays, you have the Javante Williams story right now where he's back from a multiple ligament injury. Murray is one ligament so who knows with these things like it's tough to predict it but um even if they're terrible and he plays there could be some real upside and points there uh mike you just had your finger on the mouse to take trey mcbride as the 24th tight end off the board tonight at the 1505 i'm going to humbly request you on behalf of our listener and a guy who you have competed against in uh, in many FFPC leagues over the year, Bip Lab Mandel. He's asking you to take your finger off the mouse and place it firmly back on the pulse of Buffalo Bills football. He wants to know who is the wide receiver two 
for the Bills this year, Mike? Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Gabe Davis? Is it going to be Khalil Shakir? Is it going to be somebody else? What's your thought process on here? And how are you handling, more importantly, how are you handling the wide receiver two for the Bills in drafts this season? It should be Davis. But the two questions there are, who is, like, if you take all the targets baked into the Bills offense, we have Cook ramped up, you have Kincaid ramped up, you have Hardy and Sherfield mm-hmm. and Shakir. What happens to Knox? What happens to Davis? Like, Davis, I think, is good. They're pushing that he had a bad ankle injury last year. So I think for the contested catches piece and the downfield, like his depth per target last year was really good. I feel like Davis should be the answer. But on the other side of that is how much does he get paid next year or in 2024 after that? So I think the answer is Davis. But it's a really complicated, interesting backfield and wide receiver pool here that um, if you ask 10 people, you could get 10 different answers. Uh, finally, nice to see Gabe Davis dropping a little bit in drafts where you can get some value or uh, some value on him, something that you couldn't do in years past. Uh, final question for you, Mike, before we let you uh, go back to the draft. Uh, no tight ends for you and Krautwurst here in the first 10 rounds, but then you've drafted three in the last five rounds here, Laporta, Oconquo, and McBride. I feel like um, we've all given you some some pretty good grades on your tight ends here so far in this draft. Can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on not necessarily the early or even mid-tiers of tight ends this year in the FFPC, but maybe a little bit on the back end, the third tier, the fourth tier, because it seems like you guys might be valuing those a little bit more because you're con- uh, constructing a pretty good tight end room here. To me, the tight end position is everything in these. Like, if you're drafting 11-12, what do you do? Do you reach on Kittle or Pitts? What do you do? Or Waller went 401 in a main event last week. Like, what do you do if you're on that end? Last year, it was the other way around, where if you were on the front end of the draft, you didn't have, and you had to sort of figure it out. And so for us, we were ready on Waller tonight. If you watch our stream on the deep end, you'll hear us talking about that. I mean, you know, after yours is over, by the way, Eric. Oh, like, thank you so much, Mike. Yeah, of course. That. Like, I, I'm on your show. I didn't see you on my – you might have been in the queue tonight. I didn't see you there. But, like, on the front end of these drafts, tight end is easy this year. Last year it was backwards. So, I mean, Waller is the one. Waller is the one right now that everybody wants, no matter where they're picking. Like, Goddard, it's soft. Pitts, did you see him run? It's soft. I mean, it's just sort of a little bit in between on those guys. So for us, we tried to get Waller. We tried to get Goddard. They both got in front of us in round four, I think it was tonight. And so, you know, we'll just wait it out and take value otherwise. So, Mike, remind our, our listeners, because I know the deep end is part of the, the player profiler network now. You guys go live, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on this. You guys go live, every, is it every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern? In theory, yes. <laughs> uh, but it depends on Adam's kids' soccer schedule. And, you know, we, my kids are 13 and 12, so we're sort of just at the mercy of their coach's schedule. August, like, kids sports are pretty much done by August 1st. That's true. Absolutely. So we'll be on every night. Oh, that's fantastic. No, not really, uh, it, but it's Tuesdays. Well, let, it's Tuesdays at nine if we can do it. Uh, but you sort of have to make it work. And we will make it work because it's worth making it work. Follow Mike on Twitter at Shope Talk. That's S C H O P P T 
T-A-L-K, along with Adam Krautwurst on the Deep End Fantasy Football Show. Remember to check that out, in theory, Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock on the Player Profiler Network, anywhere uh, you get podcasts as well afterwards. Mike, thank you so much uh, for joining the show tonight. I know you're uh, you're on the – well, I'll tell you what. Let's, let's do your walk-off here. You're on the clock. You just took Trey McBride in the 15th. Who's the pick in the 16th? Zamir White. Just in case, if you like your team, take the handcuff. If you hate it, take somebody else's handcuff. So you like your team, you're taking Zamir White. Uh, Viva La Raiders uh, for Mike Schoep and Adam Krautwurst here tonight. Mike, thank you so much. Be good, man. We'll talk to you again real soon, dude, and we'll see you in Vegas. Yes, absolutely. Thank guys. Thank you. Mike Schoep, ladies and gentlemen. Follow him on Twitter at Shope Talk. Listen to him on WGR 550 Sports Talk Radio in Buffalo, uh, as well as on the Odyssey app. You can check him out there. And then, of course, the Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast on the Player Profiler Network. Okay, guys, uh, I'm going to uh, cite some 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 picks here in the 15th round here, and 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 I think they're worth talking about. Vince Staffolino at the sixth spot. Um, and uh, let's, let's go to Farrell first on this one. Terp, I do want you to weigh in on this. I have heard this narrative that Aaron Rodgers loves throwing to the tight ends in Green Bay. And for me, over the course of his career, it happened with Jermichael Finley kind of till he got hurt. Um, outside of that, it really hasn't happened. I, you know, Bubba Franks was, was uh, I don't even know, quite frankly, if I look back on it, I don't even know if Rob Rodgers and Bubba Franks ever crossed uh, pass where they're ever on the same team together. So for me, like this narrative, like, oh, Aaron Rodgers loves his tight ends. I don't know if he does. You know, Tanyan had that one really good year, but that was tight uh, touchdown inflated. So I don't necessarily know. And there's a lot of love for Tyler Conklin in New York right now based on uh, Aaron Rodgers wanting to throw to the tight end. Terp, are you seeing that? Definitely seeing it. It's just a question of I'm, all, I'm seeing it from the rookie. They're, they're getting a lot of positive press. Jeremy Ruckett, I think is his name. You know, Rucker, yep, think yep. fourth, fifth round. You know, he's been getting a lot of positive press in camp. Haven't, haven't heard much from Tyler Conklin. Um, I don't think that's anything to really watch, you know, early on. But like you said, Robert Tunyon's big year when he had all those touchdowns is kind of, you know. It was all touchdowns. I mean, that, that that's the reason he scored people all those People are being points. blinded by that. I mean, I'm right. not going to sit here and say I, I don't like Tyler Conklin as like a third receiver on a, you know, a punt tight end build type of setup. But I'm not going out of my way to get him. I feel like guys like McCall, Mel Cole Hardman, Corey Davis are, are, are better options in that passing game. In deference, Balky, to two-packer, uh, when you have uh, Randy Cobb on your roster, why do you even need a tight end? Guess and he's that. back off the pup. He's practicing yeah. for New York. You I just know, started following the Jets. So many of my favorite Packers are on that team now. So I with, start, our prior, I with our prior guests coming on, does, does does that mean we don't get Krautwurst? We don't have Krautwurst? No, I, I know. Adam is – I don't think he's available tonight. The thing no, is – That's a and, disappointment. But, and, you know, and, now, you were going – you were you wanted to go deep. You know, on yeah, the tight ends, you were talking to our guest about the fourth fourth tier of tight ends. You'll be happy to know, Balky, from NFL personnel notices that Indianapolis worked out three tight ends today. Ooh. One of them, Ricky Seals Jones. So hope oh. springs eternal, Balky. The, 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 the greatest tight end, hybrid tight end that never was. Let's the go R- real deep. The notorious <laughs> RSJ um of of arizona cardinals fame and others i think was he in cleveland for a while too if i remember correctly Doesn't oh yes matter. um we'll see what happens in indianapolis so that is uh that is our thought on on uh tyler conklin here what about jake ferguson uh uh farrell here 1509 tight end 26 third tight end drafted by michael nazarick but this dude could be starting for the cowboys this year 
He could be, you know, in, in that use of the package with three tight ends, he did very well with it. It was very similar to what they did down in Miami that took the ball out of the hands of, uh, of uh, Gasecki and put it in the hands of a variety of, of good red zone pass catchers for the Dolphins. Uh, it's still to be determined how he'll look uh, as, as a starting tight end. But yeah, I, 15th round, I think that's a good pick. 15th round. Um, it is going to be his only other tight end. Uh, no, he has um, George Kittle. In yeah, he's going to uh, be fine. Man, in the fourth fine. round. Yeah, yeah he's, that's he's where we're at on that. He's through and he's fine. All right, so um, so let's get into uh, what else I want to talk about in the 15th round here. Um, back-to-back rounds, I feel like we've talked about Donovan Peoples-Jones and Jerome Ford quite a bit, so we won't need to uh, uh, focus on them. Um, Terp and Farrell, I don't know if you saw the Sunday broadcast uh, with myself and Aiden LaCorey, but I made the um, reference, the analogy, to Brock Purdy's ADP in FMPC mm-hmm. drafts to the G.I. Joe retaliation movie where The Rock and Adrian Pilecki and the other actor whose name is escaping me right now had to travel up this well, this deep well, um, where they're hiding from uh, the Cobra um, the, the Cobra forces that bombed the G.I. Joe camp in the Middle East. They had to go up step by step, step by step, and it was a very long and arduous process. And I felt like that is Brock Purdy's ADP right now, where it is an arduous process, but he keeps rising up, rising up, rising up. Terp, what do you make of Purdy right now? He goes at the 1508 as quarterback 23. Everything has been very positive about him so far. We know what we can do when he's healthy. To me, this makes like a very nice pick here for Chad Schroeder behind Trevor Lawrence in the quarterback room. 100% pairs him with Debo. Uh, It makes total sense for the build. I mean, Purdy, I'm surprised he's not moving up draft boards a little bit more. I'm not the biggest fan of him um, coming off that major injury, um, but the coach loves him. Coach hates hates Trey Lance. He's not going to be anywhere near the field. Purdy just uh, makes- coach coach doesn't hate Trey Lance, but Brock Purdy won the job, and he, he loves Brock Purdy, and that's his quarterback. But the yeah, we we talked about this player and, and why he wasn't being drafted. It didn't we, when we started guys like the first and second of, of these wasn't Purdy not drafted or a twentieth round pick? He hasn't even been picked in every one of these. Am I correct with that, Paul? Well, yeah, I don't know if he has. I, I would have to. I'd have to. I'm pretty yeah, sure he, he has been picked late, but I mean, I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, but in all of them, Terp, I don't know if it's been in all of them. I would yeah. be surprised if he wasn't. I mean, with, okay. I was well. I was surprised he wasn't being picked at all, and he was available. And some of the guys that were going in front of him. I mean, he was hanging out. He was hanging down there with Ritter, Stafford, Murray. I mean, you're looking at guys that Derek Carr. I'm I mean, look, look at who he's got to throw the ball to. Just, just, just McCaffrey alone. Just McCaffrey alone. Two stud receivers, and then obviously one of the best right. tight ends in football. Yeah, on it's his, nuts. It's it's nuts he's going to sleep. Yeah. Hey guys, uh Terp, uh, this is your Eagles. Um, so I'll ask you, given DeAndre Swift's injury history, given um Rashad Penny's injury history, is Kenneth Gamewell kind of a must for people in the 15th round, like what Jason Petropolis got from Brodo Fantasy at the 11 spot tonight? 15-11, Gainwell. Man, I, I really like that pick there. I don't mind the pick at all. I mean, he has the trust of the coach, and you saw last year in the Super Bowl. Leading up to it, they really did believe in him. But it, it, we go back to the the Chad Schroeder, Swift, and Penny pick. If it was me, 
I probably would have done like a Penny Gainwell because you're kind of Gainwell kind of does the same things and Swift does them better. I mean, Swift is a much better pass catcher. Health is a question. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of betting against Swift if you're taking Gainwell. Taking them both is kind of counterproductive. Doesn't really make that much sense to me based off a of build. But I have no issues going Penny Gainwell or just, you know, living and dying with DeAndre Swift taking the next step. Gainwell's a guy that I'll be pretty much even with the field with, but nothing too crazy. And that's the thing is like the Dizzle says, Gainwell is going to be great if the other guys get hurt. And I, I know it's like, oh, my God, I got to wait for two guys to get hurt for this guy to, to be worthwhile. Well, like Swift has been in the training room a lot. Um, so Rashad Penny's Penny has been in there more. He's been in there more. Exactly. So I, and that's, that's why I think like, it's not like it's, it's not a nor- normal two guys that have to get hurt. It's, it's two guys have been very brittle, which, and, and it's the 15th round. So, the know, thing that's really there. tough with the Eagles is if it was a, a stationary quarterback or a guy that wasn't, Jalen Hurts scores so many rushing touchdowns, so mm-hmm. many one yard, they get behind them, push it in. That just kills running backs on that team. I'm not sitting here saying there's not going to be a guy that emerges because I believe it's going to be Swift, but I'm okay with Penny. You know, I'll have plenty of him too. I won't have that much Gainwell just because, I mean, you saw Miles Sanders last year. He was a very good, very good value in fantasy drafts. He was pretty solid the whole year. But Jalen Hurts just steals so many of those one-yard touchdowns, yeah. two-yard goal line that should be going to, you know, running back on a normal offense. So that's what it, that's that's where the worry is. And they didn't outlaw the Philly push in the NFL, so they can they keep didn't outlaw, that. They didn't outlaw it. I'm surprised every team doesn't do it. It doesn't make any sense why you wouldn't. It's almost unguardable. Like, unless you don't jump off, unless there's a false start and you're one yard away, you should get it every single time. It's yes, just, you should. Unless the quarterback trips. They that, stole the whole they stole the whole design of the play from the Canadian Football League. It's the most wherever the they stole thing for, in, I hope they never the get rid of it. Greatest thing yeah. imported. The greatest thing imported since maple syrup. I mean, but, it's but, but Farrell, don't in the in the CFL, don't the defensive linemen have to play off the line of scrimmage too? One yard, one yard off. Yeah. So like then you get that head of steam going there. Yeah, I mean, it's, that, it's really Yeah. Short yardage quarterback is a is a wonderful position in the CFL. Um, uh, I'll tell you what a wonderful round is tonight. It's the 16th. We're going to take you right through it now. Leonard Fournette kicking things off to Peter St. Pierre. Rashid Shahid goes to Jason Petropoulos, followed by Dawson Knox. Do back up David and Joku for Shelly Fossum. Puka Nakua. We have a Puka Nakua sighting. Hats off to uh, Derek Brown and Fantasy Pros. I know he's excited about that. Puka Nakua to Michael Nazarick there. DJ Chark off the board to Chad Schroeder after that. Gus Edwards to Jeff Manns. Isaiah Likely going to be the number three tight end drafted by Vince Staffolino. We already heard the Zamir White pick by Mike Shope. Chuba Hubbard to uh, John Friedman. He has not drafted a running back since round six. He drafts another one tonight in round 16. That's his sixth running back. Michael Mayer, the rookie tight end, uh, backing up uh, not only Travis Kelsey, but Mark Andrews for Darren Armani's team. Hunter Henry off the board to uh, Peter Puzzo. And then Alec Pierce uh, selected at the 16-12, the 76th receiver drafted tonight, and the number six receiver for Gary Davenport from Bleacher Report. That is what we're looking at here. Puka Nakua, let's talk about him, Terp. We have not seen him in a whole lot of drafts so far uh, in pros versus Joes, but we see him in the 16th round tonight. And the last report I saw, sounds like they're giving a lot of the playbook to him and he's understanding it. The opportunities there, I mean, he's only positive. He's got to beat Van Jefferson. I think he can do that. Puka Nakua could be one of those rare late round um, uh, rookie receivers that actually makes a difference in redraft this year, man. 
Let's start off with the Cooper Cup news we talked about earlier. I didn't hear that until you just said it. My heart skipped a beat. Hopefully him walking <laughs> off the field, minor stuff. One of my highest owned players, especially early in drafts. So I hope everything's okay with him. Sit out the preseason, rest. You don't need to prove anything. But back to Puka. A lot of potential in the kid. I mean, you got to beat out Van Jefferson in an offense that they're gonna be they're gonna be in some games where they gotta score. That defense isn't what that defense used to be. Stafford is going to be chucking the ball around a ton. Obviously, a ton of cam makers this year you're going to see. If you don't believe in 2-2 Atwell and you don't believe in Van Jefferson, you should be drafting Puka at this spot almost everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's, he's yeah. not going to beat out Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson's going to play. He's got to beat out Skoranek, the big slot receiver. I don't think and that'll be very difficult. No, it won't be very difficult. Skoranek is very good between the 20s, very sure-handed. He couldn't catch the ball in a red zone. He's got – Miles Sanders' disease that turned Kirk uh, Turp off in uh, 2021. Uh, the the thing about uh, Puka, you call him a kid. You know, he's he's a great developed athlete. He's six foot two. People think he's a little smaller than that. He's not. He's got very good size, and he played a little running back at Brigham Young. He played a little running back, and he rushed for almost 400 yards in his college career. He's tough as nails, and he will catch the ball in the red zone. Uh, injury a little bit, missed a couple games last year, but significant uh, significant percentage of, of uh, targets and catches and good yards after the catch. So I, I think that's where he's – I think that's his slot. Van Jefferson is going to be on the field, so you guys drafting in the 20th round probably need to go ahead and draft him. But, uh, yeah, that's what's up with that. We'll see what happens with Van Jefferson in this uh, draft. And then we're going to talk about the running backs that happened in the 17th round. Some interesting picks here, guys. Gary Davenport leads things off with Kareem Hunt, followed by Chase Brown, uh, the backup and maybe uh, de facto backup after the Travion Williams injury today. I have not read um, the, the latest on that, but I know it wasn't great. Chase Brown going to Peter Puzo. Malik Davis in Dallas goes to Fantasy Mojo's Darren Armani. Bryce Young, the third quarterback drafted by John Freeman. Jimmy Garoppolo, the third quarterback drafted by Shope and Krautwurst, followed by Daneric Prince in Kansas City, the number five running back selected by Vince Staffolino on his squad tonight through 17 rounds. Richie James, another hot pick here, uh, goes in the 17th round tonight to Jeff Mann. Sam Howell off the board, backing up Trevor Lawrence and Purdy for Chad Schroeder. John Mechie to Michael Nazarick, followed by Keontae Ingram to Shelly Fossum. Mac Jones, the second quarterback selected by Brodo Fantasy Football's Jason Petropoulos. And Curtis Samuel wraps up the end of the 17th round here tonight by Peter St. Pierre. And Farrell, that's where I want to start. Curtis Samuel in the 17th uh, to Peter St. Pierre. You know, I, I know there's a lot of love for McLaurin. There's a lot of love for Dotson. Can there still be room for some love for Curtis Samuel on this new Washington offense this year that's being coordinated by former Chiefs Super Bowl winner Eric Bieniemy? I would have to think so because it's it, the numbers suggest from last year that this player is not through. He battles through injuries. He's had some injuries. He's missed some time. But I would have to think that uh, like when we got uh, uh, our good uh, friend Scott Connor last night, he's, he talked about how he was trying to get two games out of players that were drafted here between the 17th and 20th round. And I would have to think that Curtis Samuel will deliver you two to three scoring games. Curtis Samuel Turp, I don't know what what your ownership is on him uh, at all, but I was looking. I've been looking at him late in a lot of my drafts. I've kind of been shying away from him, but 
Now I'm wondering if I made a mistake. How, how does Samuel stack up on your best ball drafts right now? Great late round target. You saw some juice early in the season. He tailed off as the season went on last year. But, I mean, if you believe in Sam Howe and you believe in that offense, I mean, he's a you know very, very solid wide receiver three with no real competition behind him. Um, obviously, as Dodge and, and, and Terry McLaren are you know, ahead of him. But I like Samuel, late target. I mean, the enemy's going to get away. You're going to figure out a way to get him the ball creatively. I believe, I believe in Eric Bieniemy. So I'm, he I'm helps a young quarterback a great. He game. helps a young, a lot of short passes. They should get him the ball in space. It makes a ton of sense to be drafting him this late. Um, Turp, what about uh, Malik? I, I know uh, Darren Armani's on the clock right now. What do you make of Malik Davis here in the seventeenth round? He's a guy that I've been drafting a lot lately. I mean, I just feel like even if they, I mean, I know his word Ezekiel Ellis going to come back there on, on a pretty much a free contract. That's that's really what he deserves right now. But I mean, Malik, I had to take my shot there. It was there. He laid it up for me. I, I was yeah, trying yes. to avoid talking about him enough. But you and John Terry, man. I mean, you, you know, just hammer. But Malik Davis, I think he has some juice. I think he should be Tony Pollard's backup this year. And obviously, Tony Pollard, you know, you're worried about the workload. That's probably probably the only reason he's not going higher in drafts right now. People are worried if he's going to break down. Malik Davis is a guy with plenty of juice in the legs and a guy that I've been targeting a bunch. Um, Farrell, uh, I just read this, uh, Ian Rappaport tweeted out that Travion Williams suffered or is believed to be suffered a mild ankle sprain in training camp. He's expected to miss a few weeks, but those few weeks could be precious as he's trying to win the backup job behind Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. Now it may come down to Chase Brown and Chris Evans, uh, for that backup running back. Uh, Peter Puzo shot his shot with Chase Brown here at the 1702 is that the running back that we need to be targeting in Cincinnati behind Joe Mixon right now I think so and it's not injury dependent I think that the people in Cincinnati really want to see this player make it I think they like him they drafted him despite some of his poor testing numbers uh, and another Canadian import we got to appreciate that you know his brother plays safety I forget where his brother landed his brother's a little better football player, but, you know, I think they want to make, sometimes when you see very successful teams and then, then they'll want to make a player out of a guy and that's what they want to do out of Chase Brown. So he's going to get some opportunities. Chase Brown's uh, brother is at Farrell. He's not a running back, right? He's like a, he's a safety or maybe safety. Philadelphia Eagles, maybe Sydney Brown, Sydney Brown, safety for the Eagles. You're right. Thank you. Terp. Third round pick this year. Um, Chase Brown going to the Bengals. Let's get through the 18th. I didn't really forget where he was playing. I just wanted to see if Terp knew. (laughs) It was the Terp test. Hashtag Terp test. Luke Musgrave leading things off in the 18th round. 1801 to Peter St. Pierre. Darius Slayton, another Giants receiver to Jason Petropoulos. Logan Thomas off the board to Shelly Lawson here at the 1803. Justin Ross, a guy who has had some uh, time with the starters in Kansas City, goes to Michael Nazareth, Jelani Woods, the third tight end selected by Chad Schroeder, Chase Edmonds, another backup running back. He goes to Jeff Manns tonight. Tank Dell, 1807 tonight to uh, Vince Staffolino. Ty Chandler and Noah Fant back-to-back picks here for Chopin Krautwurst and then John Friedman. Ryan Tannehill, Jaden Reed, and C.J. Stroud complete the 18th round. Tannehill to Armani, Reed to Puzo, and then Stroud to Davenport. The question that we have in the chat right now, and, and this is not really a question, but uh, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak pointing out that per our very own Aiden LaCory, who co-hosted the show on Sunday night, said that Tank Dell was actually undrafted in a few pros versus Joe's leagues. He goes in the 18th round tonight, Farrell. What do you make of Tank Dell here? Seems like a strong pick for Vince Safolino. 
Uh, Vince is uh, Vince drafts all 20 rounds in, in tough competition. And I like this player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this player's landing spot. I like the player's skill set. And I think he, what he'll do for the quarterback is, is pretty impressive for two young players maturing together. So, yeah, I think this is a good pick. Uh, towards the end of the season, we're going to see um, – we're, we're going to see a bigger target share to this player. Um, Terp, I have heard a lot of people talk up Justin Ross. And one of the, one of the things that like my, my, my spidey sense always tingles at this, this time of year is people gushing over and falling all over talking about players that really aren't going to be relevant for redraft purposes or maybe ever in fantasy football. And it, it, I'm wondering if Ross is one of those guys this year is is he fool's gold in the 18th round, or is he worth a shot at this point? I think he's definitely worth a shot. The thing you got to realize, though, is if you look at their depth chart and the guys he's have to he has to beat out to make the team. Tony, if he's back by week one, or if he's he's going to be on the team, whether you like it or not, he's going to be there. Sky Moore isn't going anywhere. MVS not going anywhere. Then you have a lot of questions after that. Rasheed Rice, the rookie they drafted, not going anywhere. Richie James, Ross, Justin Watson, who's a special teams guy. Are they going to keep seven receivers? Justin Ross is a guy that has to have a big preseason to make the team. I love him. Great story. Was extremely talented at Clemson before the injury. You know, had to work his way back, grind all his way back. I wish him nothing but the best. I hope. I mean, but in in the 18th round, I don't think it's a bad pick because you, you got Patrick Mahomes. It's always a positive. And if Patrick Mahomes wants you on the team and you're, and you're, Impressing during preseason, which it seems so far that he is playing, getting time with the ones. It, it might make sense to take a shot, and, and he's definitely a guy that I've been I've been mixing in, not a ton, but here and there, and definitely a guy with upside. Obviously, playing with the best quarterback in the game. Nineteenth round in the book: Zach Ertz to Gary Davenport, Clyde Edwards-Alaire off the board to Peter Puzo, Jalen Hyde, another Giants receiver at the nineteen oh three, the eighty fourth receiver selected tonight, and he is the number eight receiver selected by Darren Armani. Kate Otten going back to back tight ends here for John Friedman with Fant in the eighteenth, Otten in the nineteenth, Greg Dorch to uh, the uh, deep end guys. That's uh, Krautwurst and Shope there. Joshua Kelly, the backup running back in Los Angeles, goes to Staffolino. Terrace Marshall to Jeff Mans, followed by Devontae Parker to Chad Schroeder. Pierre Strong and Michael Carter, a pair of running backs here. Strong to Nazareth. Carter to Fossum, followed by a couple of receivers to end the 19th round. That's McCole Hardman now with more New York Jets to Jason Petropoulos, who I believe is a Jets fan. And then Sterling Shepard off the board uh, from the New York Giants going to Peter St. Pierre. You know, there is some questions um, in, in a debate going on in the YouTube chat right now, Farrell, um, that um, uh, Broth and GG21. I'm probably butchering that handle, but he thinks Terrace Marshall is a great pick. James Young countered, I don't know. He seems to be the odd man out uh, in the Carolina wide receiver room when he's going off practice reports. Where do you fall in on Terrace Marshall? A guy that I know a lot of people were high on as a rookie, but that has waned over the course of three years now in the league, Farrell. Yeah, he's the same thing that you're talking about with Rondell Moore. Uh, you know, is he past his time? For putting up the numbers uh, that he has to put up to stay in the league. Uh, I have no problems with the 19th round pick for the talent in that player. I don't think you're going to get much out of it. I like uh, 
I like Hyatt better in this round. I, I, I probably like most of the receivers with the exception of Shepard. Has there been more news about Wondell Robinson being injured and not recovering? Uh, because in my mind, that would make a better pick there than Shepard. And I love Sterling, but, you know, it's not it's not sustainable when he plays. So I'm looking up the Robinson news right now. Terp, can you weigh in on Terrace Marshall? I'm pretty sure he's still bit? on the pop list. I mean, it's and I don't think he's going to come off, you know, for a mm. little bit. I mean, Sterling Shepard to me is just not a 30th round draft pick. Um, <laughs> what a what a player he's been in his career, but he just great. nothing. He nothing just cannot cannot warrior keep guy that's battled through injuries, but I mean, just no. You know, and, and some of these running backs down here. Let's go back to who's going to help us for one or two games. Let's take let's take a look at Boston Scott. Let's get another eagle on the team. I want to uh, to bring up the twentieth round here, guys, as we are about to complete the twenty twenty three edition of the Pros versus Joe's. Just three picks left on the on the clock right now. Israel Abanacanda, the day three rookie from the New York Jets, goes to Peter Saint Pierre. Zach Evans, uh, another day three rookie uh, from the Los Angeles Rams, goes to Jason Petropoulos from Broto Fantasy Football. Michael Wilson, the rookie out of Stanford. Um, uh, goes uh, off the board to Shelly Fossum here for the Naked Bootlegs. And the fourth consecutive uh, rookie drafted tonight in the 20th round is Deuce Vaughn. Michael Nazarick taking him there. Khalil Shakir and Tyquan Thornton, a couple of upside receivers for Schroeder and Mans here. Desmond Ritter, the third quarterback drafted by Vince Staffolino to go along Way with to go, Vince. Kirk Cousins and Jordan Love. He gets a little Ritter action there. Kevin Harris, running back in New England, goes to Shope and Krautwurst. Foster Moreau, the third consecutive tight end and fifth tight end overall to John Friedman. Dwayne McBride, another rookie to uh, Darren Armani, Noah Gray, and Hunter Renfro, Mr. Irrelevant in the 2023 Pros vs. Joes as he goes to Gary Davenport from Bleacher Report. So that is what we're looking at in the 20th round. I think the biggest thing here, Terp, um, and I was going to forget, but I, re I reminded myself. I didn't forget. Okay, perfect. How many teams are challengers to the overall throne in tonight's draft, and who wins the overall pros versus Joe's title in 2023? I came in with one team in mind before this draft that was pretty much stuck in my mind, and I was trying to have one of these guys beat them. I couldn't, but a lot of these teams are really, really good. It's really hard to pick. There's five or six teams in here that I really like the structure. Chad, Shelly, Mojo, they all had good drafts. You know, the deep end guys, I can keep going. There's a couple other drafts in here that I like. Team one had a nice draft. But my overall winner for pros versus Joe's this year from the first draft, which I was not on live, team six, Billy Muzio, mm. exceptional value, has a stud quarterback. If I remember correctly, his first five picks were Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Chris Olave, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert. Mixed in some other guys in there that just made the team pop. The 2023 Pros versus Joe's winner will be busy Billy Muzio this year. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Hill, Waddle, Olave, Keenan Allen, Herbert, Dobbins with his first six picks. He also peppered in some Tunga Vailoa, Tyler Higby, Damian Pierce, A-Chain, Rondale Moore, Mooney, Singletary, Conklin, Zamir White, Hubbard, Mechie, Devontae Parker, Tim Patrick. Ooh, that's going to sting. Uh, with yeah. Achilles, but it's his 20th round pick. He had a strong draft. Besides that, I know he's gotten rave reviews um, uh, over the course of uh, the last week and a half or it's so. Really, whenever. really hard. I, I tried in a lot of these drafts. I mean, there's been a lot of good teams that have started off. 
I really like what Team 5 did in this draft. They were really chasing for a while, but the quarterback room is what separated it. Tua, Kyler Murray, and Jimmy G. Mm -hmm. It's just so hard to just – the rest of the team is stacked. But the quarterback room is really what – I mean, they're probably in the second or third, you know, overall, in my opinion, of all the drafts. But the QB room is what separated it. Yeah, and that, and it's and, and like it's interesting too because like we always talk about the um, the overall champion of pros versus Joes, but uh, you know each of these teams just has to beat out eleven others to win their free main event uh, team for twenty twenty four. And I know there's going to be well, there's going to be heavy competition in all these leagues. I know the slow draft is still going on right now. The seventh draft in pros versus Joes, and quite frankly, I can't do a th- two and a half three week uh, stream here on the show. I can't cover slow draft live pick by pick. Uh, everybody's eyes would roll back in their head and we'd all pass out. That's not fun for anybody. What is going to be fun guys coming up Thursday at 10 PM this Thursday, 10 PM on this stream draft number five, four, zero, seven, two is going to be broadcast live on these airways. Myself and Dave Tripoli will be covering it. Why are we covering it? Because Dave Terpoli is drafting in it for a million bucks in the Fantasy Pros Championship. If you want to compete against Dave and uh, 11 other players, make sure you're going to myffpc.com, registering now again at league number 54072. It drafts this Thursday, August 3rd at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Still plenty of spots available. Hop in that one. We're going to broadcast it live. It's going to be a blast. Uh, Terp, this was a blast tonight. We will continue to follow you uh, on Twitter, at Dave Terp. We'll check you out on Thursday. Farrell, we'll continue to check out the Kentucky uh, Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Live main events are starting Sunday evening. The slows are already going on. As uh, to quote a line from Almost Famous, Penny Lane, Kate Hudson, it's all happening. One more thing, real quick. On Sunday, the main, the live main event, me and Aiden are doing a live. Stream oh, so we got a live stream on Sunday as well. Oh on, my on goodness! A, on a fast two thousand dollar entry main event, it will be one of the first ones. The league's already filled. We already set that up today, so that'll be really fun. Sunday night, I think it's nine o'clock. I'm pretty sure it's the time. Okay. You'll see some stuff on social media coming up, but that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and Farrell, um, you and I will be covering a live on HSFF our draft coming up at 9 p.m. on Friday. So that is three huge live streams going on this weekend. I'm going to have to warm up uh, for all this by drafting a pretty strong team in Kentucky right now, which I think I'm doing. I think I'm doing. We're in the fourth round right now. I think I'm all right. Uh, But I encourage everybody to go at KFFSC.com. A lot of action going on there, including the live stuff in Louisville and Cincinnati coming up later this month. You know, we got a great August planned, and anyone that wants to participate in it, check us out at kffsc.com. It'll be a, it'll be a blast. And, Balky, everyone is thrilled to have you in that division. It's got to be very difficult to work your way through there uh, in a situation when everybody's gunning for you because if they don't win, they can at least say, hey, I finished in front of Balky. <laughs> That's true, which I'm fine with. I'm fine. I'm totally good with that. That I will I will hang my head on that. I will hang my head on being a proud follower of both of you guys on social media at Dave Turp, at Jay Farrell Elliott, and, and a proud member of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Turp, we'll talk with you on Thursday. Farrell, we'll talk with you on Friday, dude. See you guys. I think I'm I'm sorry.
I'm going to end this right now before, before I lose internet entirely. Thank you so much to Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com, the godfather of the pros versus Joes, for putting this together. Tremendous work by him. Good luck to him, not only in the FFPC main event, all the FFPC leagues he's playing in, as well as the pros versus Joes, as he tries to once again win a division, which he's done before here uh, in the uh, fantasy uh, in the uh, uh, FFPC pros versus Joes challenge. Um, we are going to continue to pepper in all of the um, uh, streams and articles that have been posted and written about this draft from the FFPC pros in our FFPC email, which is going out multiple times every week. Make sure you register for that at myffpc.com. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, Dave Tripoli, and Mike Shope for joining the broadcast tonight. Once again, Thursday night at 7, 6 central, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show will air with myself and fantasy pros, Nate Polvote. We will talk uh, everything going on in the FFPC for two hours. And then coming up at um, uh, 10 o'clock that night, 10 o'clock Eastern, uh, Turp and I will cover his live fantasy pros draft. So that's three solid hours of broadcasting, really four solid hours of broadcasting that night. It's going to be so much fun. I hope you tune in for it. Friday night at 10, 9 central, live fantasy pros draft coverage um, with uh, Farrell Elliott. That is going to be a blast. Um, that Again, uh, that is, uh, beg your pardon, 9, 8 central on Friday. 10, 9 central on Thursday, 9, 8 central on Friday. Is it confusing? Yes. Follow us on social media so you can make sure that you are not missing it as well. Uh, uh, main event drafts, uh, slow drafts are going on right now. The main event live drafts begin for the FFPC coming up this Friday, August 4th. So make sure you're registering for those uh, as well. We got our next um, our early uh, draft slot announcement coming up in 12 days from now. Uh, so make sure you're registering by then, and then you'll have your draft slot a little over two weeks from now. Um, so you'll know exactly what slot you are going to be drafting your million-dollar team from this year. Uh, Fantasy Pros drafts filling up each and every day. Make sure you're registering for that at myffpc.com, as well as the two best ball tournaments we got there. Dynasty Leagues. We've never had one fold in more than a decade, and we got 1,400-plus of them. You want to play fantasy football 365 days a year. We encourage you to sign up there as well at myffpc.com. KFFSC is at kffsc.com. Thanks so much for all your support and tuning in. We really appreciate all the eyes we had on these drafts. Over the last six broadcasts, we're going to bring you plenty more live draft coverage as we lead up to Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas for our live main events coming up in the first um, week of uh, September. Uh, check out Alex Kaganowski and me tomorrow night on the Goat District podcast with John Daniel and Dan Williamson. That's going to be a, a great time as well. We've got it all here at the FFPC, and I hope you're enjoying it. I know I am. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. Your week officially continues right now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. So once again, as a reminder, live draft on Thursday night. Sign up for that 54072 for the Fantasy Pros Championship. Sign up for the live draft 54076. Both of those are Fantasy Pros drafts. That's at 9, 8 central on Friday, 10, 9 central on Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern on Friday. We're going to be covering those. And then don't forget about the live main event coverage we're going to have with Aiden LaCorey and Dave Tripoli on Sunday. 
We've got it all here for you, as including live draft coverage, the pros versus Joes, a ton of stuff going on at the FFPC. Make sure you're keeping us in mind as August rolls on so you can win not only one million dollar grand prize, but a second one as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. It already has been a lot of fun. We're going to keep the fun going here at the FFPC. Thanks for watching, everybody. We appreciate you.